Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Hangman Page almost dies. Bray Wyatt comes back to life. Uh, you know, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I am really phoning these in these days. I am just not putting any effort into it. <laughs> just, I mean, those are the two big things. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Veggie. A.K.A. Rock the Stable of Love. And sitting directly across from me, we have J.C. Cornelius Bell. What's going on, J.C.B.? So it's funny how you you bring the ruckus with Vice's A.K.A.'s, but, you know, the tease to the, the podcast is like, yeah, you know, you can listen if you want to. Imagine if I decided I wanted to just mail shit in. I feel like I peaked with the unprofessional bullshit after the CM Punk one. I feel like that just peaked. Like, that was the best intro of all time, and I can't, like, I got to... Let it build back up a little oh, bit. You Jesus know what I mean? Christ. Go ahead. Do your thing. Thank you. Congregation, bow your heads for Bill. He needs a little prayers. As we go read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 279, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the Good Smart Sayeth, Hashtag Boo the Heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Big weekend here locally. Big weekend. Big week of wrestling. We're here to talk about it. Kick it to my boy, Two Beer Zach. Two Beer Zach Pullman, not out in the Pacific Northwest. He is so close to us. I can, almost, <laughs> I can feel his presence. It's like you can almost touch him. He's almost here. <laughs> two Beer Zach Pullman. How you doing, Two Beer Zach? Uh, pretty good. Uh, good to be back in SCL. The weather's good. Uh, I am a little bummed, uh, partly because I'm not with you guys uh, in the room, uh, partly because I was very close to breaking that Ace Steel story. Um, my sister-in-law works at the Pet Smarts that Ace Steel's wife brought him into to get his teeth cleaned because he has a new job interview. And I was like minutes, and then Sean Rossap like swooped it out from under me. So um, I thought yeah. for sure you were going to say you worked at the veterinarian store where he was going to get euthanized. I thought for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's what you were going to say. Got to put him down. He ain't had his shots. I went. I went with the brighter side that he's going to have another job. <laughs> Both jokes work. Uh, so Zach is in town. Uh, let's not forget that this Saturday is the From Dusk Till Dawn event, wrestling, local wrestling event uh, happening in Sauget, Illinois, which is just outside of St. Louis. Uh, we call it the East Side here. It, it is at Pops. It is put on by our good friend and fourth member of the BFR, or fifth member. It depends on if you like Murray the Murray Man more or Joey O'Farrell. I mean, Fair it point. really depends on which one you like more. Fair point. Joey was here first. Murray was probably <laughs> here more. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I know what to say. Let's put the cage up, man. Shit. Winner gets the fourth BFR spot. God, I would, I would love to see those guys <laughs> fight. I mean, that's that's going to be the curtain jerker. <laughs> Late announcement to the card. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you can make it there, it is this Saturday, October the 22nd at Pops Nightclub and Venue out in Sauget, Illinois. Tickets on sale. Uh, You can find them at, you know what, we'll put it up on the page. Uh, Or you can just search from dusk till dawn. Pops, Sage, I'm sure it's the first thing that pops up. There's this Google thing. If you can't it's figure out why to... It's poprocks.com. 
PopsRocks.com. If you can't buy, find out, if you can't figure out how to buy tickets at this point with the Google machine in front of you, I mean, you're you're probably just old as dirt. I mean, older than Jason. Okay, so you know what? You know what? We're coming at you from beautiful St. <laughs> Charles, Missouri. It, well, it's been cold, and now it is nice, man. It is perfect weather just to welcome Zach home, just to show him how nice the Midwest can still be. And without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, Shit, that motherfucker going to be running to the airport by the time this weekend's over. <laughs> no, the Midwest missed him. Jason, kick us off. Uh, what counts going to be some little WWE? I think the, the biggest story of at least nine in-ring story, uh, we'll talk about the in-ring stuff here in a little bit, was obviously the closing of SmackDown with the return of Bray Wyatt to SmackDown. Uh, he closed the show, which was a little bit of a surprise, but not really. Uh, everybody was kind of anticipating what Bray was going to say. I was too, and it was typical Bray Wyatt. More questions than answers. It started off very sincere, almost to the point where it felt babyface-ish. Uh, I almost felt a little sympathy for Bray, and then the head came out, and we were talking about inner demons and stuff's not going to work, and I'm like, okay, so we're going to get the same Bray Wyatt shit where I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Don't get me wrong. Like I said, for me, overall, I like the promo. It's just, it's going to be more questions and answers, and every week, you're just going to have to come back and see what happens to Bray next. I like the start. Still not enough for me to really jump on board for me with Bray Wyatt because, like I said, for me, I use the word typical, and that's not necessarily a good thing from my perspective because it's a negative perspective. Others might see this differently. I know others see this differently, and, and that's that's okay too. You, that's probably Bray Wyatt fans that would you know love it regardless of what he came out with. For me personally, like I said, it's it's a bit a bag of good and bad, more good than bad, but. Nonetheless, that's my perspective on the Bray Wyatt return to SmackDown. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm a little less intrigued than when I hadn't seen anything from him. Because obviously, uh, as you see more, the intrigue lessens because you're getting content. Uh, but I'm not ready to write it off yet. Um, it was interesting that the initial kind of uh, feeling I got from the promo was that this was a genuine <clears throat> Wyndham Rotunda uh, kind of promo where he talked about uh, what his absence meant to professional wrestling and what his fans uh, had, how his fans had um, reacted to his absence and how much that meant to him, especially after he had folks that were absent from, absent from his life that he had lost people. So uh you know, bringing in the real life drama into there was intriguing to me, but then it kind of wrapped up as, as Jason said, where the feeling was, this is, you know, you saw the head and it was kind of more of just the same. So I'm still intrigued, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of lessening the mystery the more that we see it. But, um, you know, I think it is smart for them to draw this out and not give us all the answers right away from a business perspective. It's, it's smart for them. So uh, we'll see what they do with them. And like we've talked about the past few weeks, I think the main thing is what they do with him in the ring. Cause he's always going to be a creative character and he's always going to be able to generate buzz and 
and uh, entertainment outside of the ring, but what do they do with him and how do they do it is the main question, and that remains to be seen. Are we turning uh, the three of us into one of those old married thruples that just starts to look like each other, like the older that we get? Because uh, we are three for three here, guys. I and I, I honestly think that we are not in the majority when it comes to wrestling fans talking about Bray Wyatt. But I'm with you guys. I was watching it as it happened. I wasn't doing anything Friday night. I was home with the baby. The baby was in bed. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get to see Bray Wyatt's first promo back. I enjoyed the shit out of the beginning of it. I, I really did. I, I liked the promo a lot. And he was like, this is me. This is me talking. He's uh, he's he's a unique guy. He's a unique character. He's got a unique voice like just i mean superficial superficially he's got a very strange like speaking voice not tyson but yeah just not what you'd expect also like a strange like cadence and uh at least one that we've never seen before because it seemed like he was speaking from the heart and i you know maybe maybe i'm a mark but i i think that he was speaking from the heart because he was talking about you know he was obvious he was making obviously uh obvious Allusions to Luke Harper, aka Brody Lee, who he was tight with, who was in the uh, the Wyatt family with him for a long time, who passed away tragically about a year and a half ago, I'd say. Um, I was excited. I was like, I think this is this is what I asked for. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they just brought him out and he was just a wrestler, you know? Like, and he can still yeah. he can still be unique and still be quote unquote just a wrestler. But then when it cut off, when it cut it, when his own, whatever, alter ego or whatever, like cut him off at the end, I was like, okay, all right. Now listen, I like something different. I like that there's going to be something different happening with Bray Wyatt. He is a very creative guy, as Zach said. I mean, it's not, that's not splitting the atom. Like he's a creative guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, I did not want to see another split personality. We already got it with The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. We got it with the Firefly Funhouse. I want to see... I want to see him cut a promo like... I mean, is this just me being a basic bitch? Like, I want to see him cut a promo like a wrestler. I want to see him in a feud where he's not The Fiend or he's not. he doesn't have split personalities. It doesn't need to be that high concept to be different in professional wrestling. Because professional wrestling, you don't have to tilt that far away from uh, from straight up and down to really make an impact. Wrestling is heels and baby faces, right? I mean, it is just, it is, it's not, it's, what's what what gives it its creative nature is the restrictions that it already has on it. So you don't really need to veer that far away from what wrestling already is to to stand out, to be different. And it but it still takes somebody really special to do it. And Bray Wyatt, I believe, is a very special mind when it comes to professional wrestling. He needs to get told no sometimes though. That's what I think. If you want him to be the modern version of The Undertaker, just have him go out there and cut a promo about being mad that the January 6th thing didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. 
Okay, I was thinking you was gonna come with something. <laughs> Not what I thought you were gonna say at all. Funny as fuck. I don't know how Undertaker thinks about it. I'm pretty sure I know how Kane thinks about it. <laughs> Motherfuckers, you failed. You had one job, one. But but I mean, I mean, what I'm saying makes sense though, right? Like it's like he is he is veered so far away. Like it doesn't need to be an a season finale of Lost. To keep my attention in professional wrestling, it just needs to be different. Now there are guys who are different. Like you know, you know, you know who's fucking super different. Orange Cassidy. Now he still gets in there and wrestles, but and when he has to wrestle, he wrestles like a wrestler. You know, he just seems reluctant to do it. That is something Dalton, that Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle. That is something that just steers just a few, just a few degrees off from the norm, the normy, normist of the norm, fucking wrestler. Bray Wyatt is just. I don't know if he. I don't. I think that he's galaxy brained himself like out of being interesting for me. And I listen. I. It's very, very possible that I could regret what I'm saying right now in a month in six months, whenever. And I'll be happy to do it. I've been wrong on this podcast before, and I will be wrong on this podcast again. True. To, to quote Bray Wyatt, I was wrong. <laughs> about, But not about Bros Clay. But, uh, <laughs> he still hasn't won the title. But, um, uh, that, I mean, that's He's all. He's taking it off Roman. That's that's all I'm <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I I want to I want to see Bray Wyatt. I want to see that guy that we saw during that promo. I really do. Talk you, me off the ledge. You you said different, and that's the word that I I was stuck on. That you you know I agree with you. Wrestling at its core is heels versus baby faces. Bray Wyatt is just different. Now, how far degree different he is. We can debate that for all it's worth. I'll just say this. I agree with what you're saying, but I'm I'm going to just throw the AEW quote out there. I'm going to let this shit play itself out. You have a chance to reel, reel me back in to make me a Bray Wyatt believer again. I'm not looking for anything in the ring because I don't think Bray Wyatt's an in-ring character. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's a he's an in-ring talent. I just don't think that that's his niche, so to speak. His niche uh, is outside of the ring. It's not his forte, but he's certainly By no stretch. Certainly no slouch. Though. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, to come from that wrestling family, you wanna, can't be a slouch. I just want to save you from the the jackals on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they come in anyway. Um, I, I want to see what happens, but like I said, for me, it was. Okay, so what was that? You know, I really didn't hear it, so I had to rewind it so I could, you know, yeah. find out what I don't he was saying. Have to do that. You know, closed caption. I don't want to do that. So I mean, that to me is, you know, get off my lawn. Yeah, I'm an old man like that. Sorry, I need a little more clarity. I need to hear what's being said. So if you want to get me invested, I need to hear both sides of the inner struggle. To me, I don't think it's an alter ego. I just think it's that inner voice that you hear in your head sometimes where, you know, hey, motherfucker, you know you're getting ready to do wrong. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do wrong. What you going to do about it? Nothing. I just want to say you're getting ready to do wrong. That's what I think it is versus an alter ego. Yeah, I have that voice all the time when I don't have alcohol in me. (laughs) Uh, Any final thoughts on on Bray Wyatt's return, Zach. 
now we'll just see how it plays out. I mean, Zach's right. Like, they didn't give it all away the first night. And I don't want you to. That, that That is good, too. It's intriguing. I just can't see where his first feud's going to be. And if his first feud's going to be Bray versus Bray or some shit like that, like, I am going to be checked out of that shit. I, I, like, as long as it's not a match, I want you can see, have that. I want to see him in a, in a wrestling feud with another wrestler okay. where he doesn't have to take 17 finishing moves and still win the match. <laughs> There's Poor a happy Seth in there. There is, definitely. Um, this was not – we don't have to end the one count here because this was a pretty good episode of SmackDown. And uh, something that I enjoyed about this episode of SmackDown was we got the return – of L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight comes out and squashes the the maximum male models, which kind of bummed me out because you know how big of a mark I am. But L.A. Knight, I don't know if you guys saw his promo on Friday night, squashed in a handy – I don't even know if it's a handicap match. but he, No, it's a singles. He beat one of them, and then he beat them Man, both up, and then Yeah. And then uh, he – Started cutting a promo when the crowd cheered. He goes, you guys didn't think I did that for you, did you? And then he <laughs> called the crowd a bunch of incels and immediately turned heel on everybody. And it just got me thinking, God damn, this guy is the type of guy that I'm sure Triple H loves. This guy is the guy that could shoot to the top of the card. Now, it's well known and it's been said for many, many years that TNA Impact is just a pipeline to WWE SmackDown. Everybody says it all the time. Oh, nobody says it all the time? Well, I say it all the time. Because we, <laughs> we got Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Mr. Anderson, we got AJ Styles, we got Drew McIntyre, we got Bobby Lashley, we got Cameron Grimes. All TNA guys, all at the top of the card. L.A. Knight, though, seems like he is ready-made to be in a high-octane feud, and I, for one, am here for it. What do you think about that, Zach? Uh, L.A. Knight is, like, remember whenever L.A. Knight was, like, we were very mixed on the name. Like, I was not into it. It had, like, the same amount of syllables as Eli Drake, but I was just like, I don't like it. And then they gave him an even worse name to the point where L.A. Knight is now super over as a name. <laughs> uh, so there's maybe a, a lesson in that. But um, Wait, what was the worst name? Max Dupree. Well, that's a pretty, Max that's Dupree. pretty fucking good name, guys. I mean, if I'm being <laughs> Jesus, honest. Jesus, you're a mark. You like a, Zach on this shit. I'm a mark. Whoa. Uh, go ahead. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I don't see top guy WWE material on him, but definitely he's got everything that you could want for in like a main roster like pro wrestler it's just uh, i don't i don't think he screams top guy to me uh but it is weird that vince see more than him because he seemed very much like a vince type guy Probably uh, too short. This is good signs for for him and i am glad that even though i liked maximum male models like they're fine as like a jobber team and I think they should stick around I just think he shouldn't have been part of it because it lessens him and what he could be screams it's a screams events thing that like you know even when he split from him a couple weeks ago I don't know if we talked about this but he was like you know he even says after he beats him up in the backstage he's like this wasn't for me anyway it's like that's pretty cool what do you think Jason Add L.A. Knight to the list of guys for a reason to separate the unified titles. I'm not saying that he's could be a top star in WWE. That's what it sounds like you're saying. 
no, I think he could be a world champion, but that, but we've said it before on this podcast. You've when in the age of two world champions, you didn't have back to back world championship matches at the end of the show. One of those two guys, unfortunately, who was somewhere in the middle, whether it was AJ Styles or CM Punk or whomever it was at the time. One of the world championship matches was in the middle of the card. That's where I think if that makes L.A. Knight a mid-card guy, okay, then I guess that, you know, by definition, that's what it is. But I agree with you to a certain degree that he could easily be one of two champions where you would have Roman being obviously the other at at that point, and you could have him represent the SmackDown brand or the Raw brand, whichever one you wanted to do, and not miss a beat. He has everything. He has the one thing that WWE looks for. He can talk. Like a mother. He's got a physique. Oh, okay. I, I still don't see him. I see him more as like a U.S. Intercontinental title guy. I wouldn't put the belt on him personally. Okay. He's also like 45 years old. So I, I'm gonna have to look that up because there's no way that he's 45 years old. Uh, I am going. I was probably being ageist. He's older than me, though. <laughs> Please say he's not older than me. Please right. say he's not. Let me. Than me. He is not. He, there's no way Thank he is not God. older than you. I don't think he's older than me. Um. All right, got Billy Gunn. Fucking. Are you guys the same age? No, Billy Gunn's older. He looks fucking <laughs> amazing. Ellie Knight's 39. By the way. Yeah, he was born in 82. He's my brother's age. Thank God. Okay. All right. The class of 2001. (sighs) Breathe, Jason. Breathe. Okay, so his name is Sean Ricker. Uh, So I want to ask you. It's a better name than L.A. Knight. (laughs) (laughs) You were going to say that. (laughs) Um, Let me ask you this. What is his ceiling? I mean, if his ceiling isn't A.J. Styles, is his ceiling better than Mr. Kennedy? Zach, do you remember Mr. Kennedy, or was this in your? I wasn't. I yeah, wasn't I was going to say I remember Mr. Kennedy on the first time I saw him was on NWA Power. Wow. Oh, oh, you would have loved Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. You would have loved Mr. Kennedy. Um, maybe not. I loved Mr. No, Kennedy. I thought I thought he was fucking amazing. As the in the current landscape of WWE, I would probably say the U.S. title is probably the ceiling for. Well, in this case, he's on SmackDown, so it would be the Intercontinental Championship. But that would mean he would have to take it, in theory, off of Gunther, and that's proven to be a very strong task, to say the least. Maybe if Gunther drops it and then starts chasing Roman, because that's the only obvious next step at that point, um, then he can become the uh, the Intercontinental Championship. But whatever the... Whatever the mid-card championship or on whatever show he is, that's the ceiling for me. All right, uh, Jason, I don't want to hijack your count, but... No, um, dude, sh- this is uh, off show. Another thing on SmackDown that I liked was the backstage segment with Ray and with Ray Mysterio and Triple H. I thought it was well done. It's hilarious to think about that scene with Vince and Ray Mysterio. It just would not have worked. <laughs> it, w- it just wouldn't have worked. Like, get out there and wrestle! Well, that is just... That's, Vince would have, like, probably... Said the N word. <laughs> Get out there, Wesson, nigga. <laughs> it is just, it, I mean, that is not me, you know, sucking Hunter's dick or anything. That is just a fact that 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 type of interaction backstage is just not possible with Vince because Triple H actually seems like a like 
when you blend the kayfabe with the real-life character, and that's what wrestling is these days, he seems like a guy who would be sympathetic to Ray's character in that moment. I got kids, that too. he's like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight my son. I need to quit. And Triple H is like, you're not going to quit. You're going to, you know, you're going to be on SmackDown. And then later on, Ray wins the four-way battle uh, for the Intercontinental title shot against Gunther. Are we excited for Ray Mysterio versus Gunther? That sounds awesome. I'm a little excited, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 going to be Gunther trying not to throw Ray Mysterio into the sixth row, but it's the classic. We're trying to throw him into the seventh. <laughs> it's the classic big guy versus little guy matchup that, you know, wrestling in general is always always comes back to at some point. Ray Mysterio is one of the, the best little guys in the business. Gunther's on the way up. It's it would be it's going to be an interesting match. I'm pretty sure we all can agree who's going to win, but sure. nonetheless, it it basically is the bigger story with Dom and Ray. If they're going to drag this thing out and make a WrestleMania match out of it, this is the way to do it. You Bingo. have to separate them. Bingo. You they meet up at Royal Rumble. You know, at some point they'll be in the Royal Rumble match, and then that's how Ray would get eliminated because he still doesn't want to fuck with Dom. And then finally, at some point, he will do. He, he might have to hit his mom or something crazy like that to where Ray is like, "Okay, you know what? I need to put hands on you at this point." Zach, I heard you already say it sounds awesome, but do you care to uh, elaborate? Uh, elaborate. Thank you. I mean, classic big guy, little guy match. Ray is really good at those. I have seen Walter in a couple of them, and he's been awesome in them as well. So there's no reason to think Ilya that, that wouldn't just be amazing. Tyler Bate. Yeah, I Ilya, mean, I mean the man had the man. Ray is very little, though, in comparison. But, yeah, the Tyler Bate, and also, you know, Tyler's got those power moves. Um, I kind of think of, like, yeah, a lot of people are smaller than Walter, so he does do the... <laughs> big guy thing pretty well but I'm just thinking of, of a much smaller situation It, uh, I, Jason stole my thunder I was going to say this is smart for business because it keeps the Ray and Dom match which is inevitable it keeps it in the foreground and people can look forward to it and say when's it going to happen when's it going to happen hopefully it happens at a Wrestlemania if not this year, maybe next year, but I'm thinking probably this year. Yeah, I was about to say wherever it is, uh, I guess it's California this year or 23. That that would make so much sense. Or they sense. might do it at like a battleground or something. Like <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the whole reason, I think the real, realistically the whole reason they did it is to set up the ultimate match at WrestleMania. The other thing that interested me off of SmackDown is that it looks like somebody has realized that this hit row is not working because Legado del Fantasma went over big time and, easy and clean, clean. Uh, on SmackDown. So, uh, like I, you know, I said before how I've been wrong in this podcast, but in this one I was right. Right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, you know what? Uh, we can. If there's uh, anybody have anything to say about that? No, it was it was kind of a surprise because I thought that. Galadel Phantasma would go over, but just, you know, there'd be some fuckery. You can protect Hit Row. It, that's not a good look for Hit Row, especially just now coming back, and now you've kind of jobbed out. It's not even kind of. You jobbed out to LDF. 
That's just ain't. I mean, hit row ain't clicking. Doesn't mean those guys. Doesn't mean those people aren't talented. What do you mean those people? Doesn't mean. <laughs> doesn't mean those three. I, I said guys. What I meant to say was two guys and a woman. It doesn't mean that they're not talented. It just means that it ain't clicking, and maybe they have Dennis ideas. Swerve. Maybe just repackage them or something like that. Um, you guys want to talk about Raw now, or do you want to get to AEW? Zach is only here for a limited amount of time. so let the man, Yeah, let him tell. Let's go ahead and get to AEW. Uh, let's get to that two count. I'm sure we can circle back to Raw if necessary. Zach's going to be like, actually, the two count is this Dave Meltzer ramp that he went on. Uh, <laughs> Zach, what is the two count? Uh, yeah, Dave was really adamant about, um, anyway. Uh, he, was, he did go uh, on a little rant this week, I heard. But uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, like, um, you know, if you listen to the radio shows or if you, if you read the newsletters, they're both two different kind of different experiences. Um, I don't know. I would like to introduce you guys to either of them because um, neither one of them are the perception of Dave Meltzer on Twitter. And even still, he, is, he can be kind of a douchebag. But uh that's not the two count. The two count uh, will start off with uh, Adam Page. <laughs> being, so you're getting uh, ready to make a fucking real enemy out of us with Dave Meltzer getting ready to go off on that shit. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I, 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 I never, I never uh, don't mind paying for my uh, subscription to Figure Four. But um, the uh, Adam Page scenario where he's in the main event, having a really good match against John Moxley in John Moxley's hometown of Cincinnati, and takes a totally normal move after doing multiple uh, high-risk maneuvers like a moonsault off of the stadium um, balcony and all kinds of shit. How he didn't even hesitate on that motherfucker. He went up there and just flipped. It, and was, it was high. It was high. Oh man, it was high. And he came down and he pump, pumped his fist, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man, good for you." So unfortunately, I, I wasn't spoiled on much, but I opened up uh, Facebook, um, and like the first thing Never do was like somebody saying, uh, "Usually, I don't have a lot of wrestling stuff on my Facebook besides tons of BFR." So I'm just like. Uh, it wasn't really a big deal, but I opened it up and somebody was like, oh, prayers for Hangman. I'm like, ah, shit. Um, <laughs> so he climbs up on that balcony. I'm like, oh, here it is. And he's just like, fine. And so the I whole match, that. I'm just, yeah, for the whole match, I'm just waiting. And then it's just a simple clothesline, you know, clothesline flip bump. We see it a million times, probably seen it a couple times on the show that I just watched. And uh, it just goes to show that, um, like Moxley said, I love the way that Moxley kayfabed it afterwards. They saved the end of the show really, really well. But Moxley essentially said, like, it takes guts to walk in between these ropes. Like, every single time you have, uh, you're putting your life on the line. And that is evident whenever they're literally stretching a dude out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, just glad, you know, we got an update. Just a concussion, which concussions can be rough. But uh, thankfully, it is just a concussion. There are known quantities, but there's still some variables where he could be back on Wednesday. Um, he could be like Adam Cole and still not be back two months from now because that's what Adam Cole's dealing with right now is a concussion. So um, it's just uh, it's very tough. But uh, these guys were having a baller match. And all of that aside, I think if he is healthy, then this worked out for the best for Adam Page because he did not have to take a loss and I really want to see Adam Page wrestle for this title that much more now because 
he was kind of robbed by his injury. Jason. Never thought of it that way. Uh, very good points. Um, I think we can all kind of agree that Mox was going to win this match. If there was not an injury to it, it was well on the way to being a really, really good match. It had me really invested. The The injury spot is like you said, Two Beer. We see it all the time, all the time. And then when he stopped, I was just kind of like, what? what? What the fuck? And then I saw the doctor get in the ring. I'm like, ah, oh, man. Point, I did not know what happened before I even watched it. And I'm watching this shit. I'm like, man, come on. Don't say this shit. So then, of course, they announce it. You know, immediately Moxley wins. And I'm just like, fuck. Okay, so immediately I'm like, okay, what the fuck's wrong with this motherfucker? Tell me he's not hurt, hurt. Hearing he's getting stretched out, I'm just like, great. You know, AEW, I almost feel like a part of me feel like it's a snake bit just because, like, the top guys. It's not like it's the, you know, the mid-card guys. It's the top guys that are getting taken away from the fans in some form or fashion, whether it's this person, that person, whatever the case may be. I heard concussion. I was like, okay, you know, that's cool too. But then, like you said as well, Two Beer, we haven't seen Adam Cole since his concussion. So, I mean, there's various grades to that. Ultimately, thank you, he's okay. But in the reality of the situation, just back to the wrestling portion of the program, like you said, Tubir, it's it's almost best that he did get hurt, so that way he didn't get pinned. So now you can keep him in this mix, and when he does come back, it almost felt like Hangman lost a little momentum. You're bringing him back at this point. He's going to have that, you know, nice first baby face, you know, roar momentum push, and now you can kind of figure him into this mix. It's AEW just has a hard time keeping guys healthy, and if they kept guys healthy, you would have consistent storylines and we were talking about this last week where it felt like you know some storylines move other storylines don't injuries have played a lot of part of the 2022 AEW story of just basically how things have gone CM Punk bullshit aside injuries That's, have hurt AEW I mean CM Punk bullshit aside but CM Punk won the championship and got hurt twice I mean Twice in a row. Okay. So, well, I mean, see, the CM, uh, CM Punk bullshit aside, you can take it aside. But the first, he, when he jumped into the stands, that's on him, and I'm, I'm well documented on that. That's his dumb ass doing some stupid doesn't shit. Ma- doesn't, I, I, know, I know. It doesn't matter who it's on. It just means it's an injury of a okay, guy who just okay. won the belt. All right. Then just add I totally it to get the what you're saying. But I, I do, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you've probably heard every single angle on this. If you looked at Facebook, if you looked at Twitter, goddamn, I was on Twitter that night, and goddamn, Twitter is a cesspool, man. <laughs> Twitter, I know I always bitch about it, and I always talk about how hateful and terrible wrestling Twitter is. You have guys jumping on there being like, like just, you know, edge lords being like, well, this is what you get, you know. Oh, and the empty-headed dumb fuck landed on his own head when an empty-headed dumb fuck. You have all that. I mean, now listen, that is obviously I'm pointing out the worst thing because most th- mostly everybody was like prayers up for Hangman because it, it was pretty apparent soon that – Even MJF. Even MJF, yeah. It was pretty apparent soon that it was not a work, but – this is, once again, why wrestling is the strangest thing to be a fan of because I went through a real gamut of emotions there because I saw it happen, 
and I saw the referee, and I think his name is Paul Turner, and he got yeah. shouted out by Chris Nowinski, who is somebody who I respect a, a shit ton, former WWE wrestler who turned, you know, he's a Harvard, he's a doctor of neurology or something, uh, used to wrestle in WWE. If you don't know who he is because you may, maybe you're too young or maybe you're not into wrestling as much as we are, he was a WWE wrestler. His gimmick was being a uh, a Harvard heel because he graduated from Harvard, so his whole thing was, I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you. He was very, he was a very good wrestler. Um, I saw him at a restaurant in Chicago one time and told him that. I saw the doctor, or I saw the referee look up at the doctor, and whereas referees used to put the X up if it was real, right? Right. And then... Bischoff's dumbass and TNA started throwing the X up as a work because they knew that fans knew what the X meant. So they used to use the X as, as a work. Now, that has filtered down to other promotions. I can't remember AEW ever doing it, but when I, I, I hope I'm not getting his name wrong. I believe the referee's name was Paul Turner. And That sounds right. If you, no, that's him. If, yeah. yeah, if you watch AEW, you've seen him a lot. Um, I saw him look up, and he didn't do the X, and I was like, he didn't do the X. This looks real to me. And then yeah, I was, he didn't do the X, but he literally looked and he did like the the kind of guillotine under the neck thing where he's just like, ah, yeah, like, he's, he's like, he's like get up, bad. he's like, get up here. And the doctor slid right into it. I was like, ah, that's a shoot. He's fucked up. Yeah, if the doctor gets in the ring, yeah. like, yeah, that's when yeah. I was like, man, fuck. And there was, I, I believe there was, I think it was. 8.43 Central Time. So I was like, man, there's they, they 17. They went for 10 minutes to try to just. I was like, there are 17 minutes left in this show. This doesn't feel like a work. And I was like, well, is, okay, so is MJF going to cash in his chip right now? So is MJF going to come down? I never thought about that. Never thought about it. My, my, my brain, my brain was, I, I was watching it. And then it becomes, and this is another fucked up thing about being a wrestling fan. Then it becomes the most must-see t- TV that it's almost like we seen. stepped over Adam Page while he was getting stretchered out of the ring, and then it got focused well, back onto the title again. Right. It was so strange to watch, and it was such I, – I don't want to call it a train wreck because I agree with Zach. I thought that they did a fabulous, considered, fabulous yeah. job of saving the rest of the show. Taz was clearly, like, upset, and they were they were – and they kept showing the announcers, and it's like – Oh, they're showing the announcers. Like they're not they're showing the announcers because they don't want to show, show the, the ring. ring. You know, and Taz was clearly upset. Excalibur's doing his best. Uh Shivani was just staring at the ring, like kind of dumbfounded. It was it was a surreal moment of television. Yes. Um and then MJF comes down with uh, then Moxley starts cutting a promo, and I'm looking at Twitter the whole time, and Moxley starts coming up cutting a promo, and people are saying on Twitter how disrespectful for Moxley to cut a promo while, pay, while Adam Page is still in the ring. I was like, motherfucker, it's live TV. Like, it's not Owen Hart, but it is live TV. Like, they don't know what to do. Right. But ultimately. And there's a, there's a live crowd, too, yeah. where you just got to kind of put the crowd at ease. Like, they're exactly. obviously worried. No, yeah. And that's something I didn't even think of, but Zach's exactly right. You do, And the crowd was shaken. I mean, they were because nobody, obviously nobody wants that to happen. It was obviously such a freak thing. Like Zach said, we've seen a million lariats, a million clotheslines. We've probably seen, seen Adam Page every take fucking a million show. lariats, you know? 
it was just a freak thing. It really was. It's like he over-rotated. He was trying to sell the fuck out of it because he had just, because Moxley had just sold the fuck out of one for him. And then he came back and took one, and he was trying to sell the fuck out of it for Moxley. And MJF, MJF eventually said, you know what? I'll see you at full gear. I'm going to cash in my chip at full gear. I don't know if that was the plan. but What do you think the plan was? I think the plan was for Moxley to go over and for MJF to just stare at him from the balcony. Tuvier, what do you think the plan I, was? I don't think the plan was ever for MJF to run down with a ref with the chip. I don't think that was ever a thing. No, that was a that was a full audible, I would assume. I don't know anything for certain, but that seems like a full audible to me. I'm wondering if the plan for MJF to cash in clean was the, the long-term plan, and maybe he does it in a week or two, because... For me, it's perfect storytelling because right now, especially after the promo, which we have to talk about next, uh, you have MJF set up to either earn this title or to have everybody thinking that he's going to earn the title and then still cheat to win it. Um, so either way, it's phenomenal. Like, doesn't matter which which out, I think the only bummer would be Moxley beating him, at least as far as, like, uh, intrigue. It kind of deadens it, even though Mox is awesome. But you either have MJF kind of earning it and can, continuing this, like, kind of babyface uh, turn, even though he could obviously go back on the babyface aspect of it. But earning it is a very babyface thing to do. But giving the appearance of wanting to earn it and then just being diabolical and using that – psychology to make Mox think that this is a, a match that is on the level and then cheating would be very MJF as well. Well, let's, but, uh, let's, let's, yeah. ta- let's talk about that promo just to put a bow on the Adam page thing. He did tweet out uh, yesterday that he was fine, that he had a panini for lunch and that he appreciated <laughs> all the love. I, you know, there was, there was stuff going on Twitter about how he, Maybe he had a broken neck and stuff. Didn't look like a broken neck to me. It looked like his body seized when it hit the ground and that his, like, like we just saw with Tua in the football game yeah. a couple of weeks ago, yeah. that, like, he just, I forget what they call it, but, like, he just froze up. Right. E- everything stopped. Everything got stiff on his body. And maybe, well, maybe not everything. I can't really speak to that. Oh, but uh, He was on his stomach. It was hard to tell. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you co-sided. Come on, man. Damn. What the fuck? Anyway, I'm glad that the Hangman Page, uh, I'm glad that it wasn't worse than it was. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it was only a concussion, and, you know, that is saying something because obviously concussions are a big deal. Uh, I can't wait to see it. My thought wasn't that this is good. My thought was that, well, this kind of works for Moxley because it adds to his aura that he is that you dangerous. You can take anybody out. He's that dangerous time. in the ring. Yeah. And I do want to say that Moxley was the pro of all pros after that happened. That's why you paying him that that man his money. The promo that he cut while putting over MJ or putting over Page, putting over the business, and then putting himself over, just oh, just chef's kiss. Amazing. Like really, Amazing. really like it. Really takes a, a pro to do that shit, and really pros aren't asked to do stuff like that very often. There's a lot okay, of guys there's a lot of guys that we that there's a lot of guys that we respect that have been in the business for a long time that never got asked to do anything that on the spot and that difficult. And I thought that Moxley handled it as well as he could have. Uh what a stud. Two I'll 
say kudos to that. That's why you're paying that man his money. And I'll piggyback on that statement and, and say the more and more I'm starting to think about it, and this is me thinking about it right now as I'm talking about it, is the less I'm off the, the ledge of Moxley needs to have a long-term title run this time around. He's not going anywhere. He just now, I mean, that promo, if it didn't establish him as one of the locker room leaders, as the locker room leader, he's one of. I okay, mean, better him, choice of words. Compare words. him to Punk. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's his, night and day. His, his promo post-Punk, his promo after the title was stripped, solidified him as the, the guy um, to me. Uh, that made him, I think Jericho, uh, is a little more subtle about being a locker room leader. Also, he often plays a heel, so he can't really do it on TV. But his his promo post punk, whenever on the dynamite after they stripped him of the titles on All Out, that was like, you know, when he talked about professional wrestling and how important it is and how great it is in the sport and how he was the guy. And you're just like, yeah, this is the guy. This is the greatest pro wrestler on the planet right now. It would be hard to argue. Well, yeah, let's somebody over okay. Japan, right? So if, if this never would have happened, if that would have been a regular, uh, a regular, great match, right? Then this dynamite would have been remembered for the MJF William Regal promo segment for sure. that happened about forty-five minutes into the episode. Uh, I liked it so much it 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 made me uh, put something on Friends of BFR about it. I was watching it live. I was dumbstruck by it. I was dumbstruck by how good MJF's babyface promo was. Dumbstruck by William Regal's facial expressions and the way that he behaved during the MJF promo. And then dumbstruck just completely bowled over by William Regal's response to MJF. Zach, what did you think about it? Yes, I'm going to have to go after this because I'm not going to be able to get into the intricacies uh, as much as I would like to, but I will say that I fully agree. MJF's babyface promo, amazing. This is promo of the year material. It's currently my promo of the year running. We're in October. I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back over him, but I think this is my A number one list now spoiler for the beefers but his ability to get that crowd to empathize with him even though we all know what a just piece of shit he is just hair slicked back glass house lives for new year's eve chicken spaghetti at chickalini's we know this guy's a piece of shit and he had the fans eating out of his hand to the point where he's like you know what regal you sent me an email i'm gonna read that email and they're like yeah read the fucking email like everybody's just loving every thing that MJF has to say and everybody empathizes with him to the point where they're booing William Regal and then William Regal brings them back and is able to just get them get them back and just get them uh, empathizing you know with him and being like you know this is what you needed Max and I thought it was phenomenal storytelling it was over 20 minutes I'm sitting there watching I'm trying to pack for this trip and I'm sitting there watching and my wife keeps coming in she's like what are you doing I'm like this is amazing television. She, she, yeah. She's like, what? And I'm like, I'm like, look at this shit. And I'm like, just listen to these guys. And, uh, she's like, yeah, like she's like kind of watching. And, uh, she like kind of got it. But I mean, it was like 20 minutes and she saw a few minutes of it, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to duck out. Unfortunately, just had a, some friends arrive, but, uh, 
promo of the year for now. Um, I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. And or no, sorry, Saturday. tomorrow, tomorrow. You're gonna um, you're gonna see me tomorrow. Um, what time? I'm not going to be able to be at that thing until like 12:45. I don't know how long you guys are going to be at Old Break Bakery Beer. That's cool. That's when Skyler's getting there. Um, so uh, I think we're gonna start eating at like noon. So All right. whatever. Well, I I I took off and I took the second half of the day off. I am leaving here at noon. That I'll, rules. Yeah, I'll be I'll be out in Alton at like 12:45. <laughs> Must be nice, motherfuckers. Awesome. All right. Jason, right. see you never. Suck, suck. <laughs> <laughs> Just a from ringside. Uh, All right, I'll see you guys. Good night. <laughs> Mic dropping, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so Jason, what do you think about the promo? Um, I guess it was kind of the second thing I was going to say about MJF is we're trying to figure out if this is, you know, Babyface MJF or heel MJF or what? What are we looking at? And I was thinking about it the, the other day. Oh, I guess it was this morning or whatever. And I honestly don't think that he has to be a heel or a babyface. I just honestly think that as long as he's himself, like Austin would never. He had babyface tendencies, but he never really was a true babyface. Rock was the same way. He they just who were they who they were. The, at that time. Yeah, but they didn't what, cheat, they didn't cheat to win. Okay. Now that's Hollywood That's a big part of it. No, Hollywood Rock definitely cheated to win. That's you know Hollywood Rock like, was a heel. Yeah, that's true heel ish shit. When I, I, Rock returned when Rock won the title the first time, he flipped heel because he joined the corporation. But then when he broke away, he still had the smart mouth shit. He still did, you know, all the moves he ever did, but he never really was a true baby face or a true heel at that time. I think it's the same way with MJF. He doesn't have to be either or. He can talk like either or, but he doesn't have to be either or. Well, isn't that what Regal said? Regal said that uh, I'm what they call a uh, an, uh, something oh something villain and oh something yeah. uh, where he's the old diabolical villain or something like that. Not diabolical. It was like something something that fuck. Sorry, uh, but anyway, the the point was is that he was a respectable heel. Right. That he never went after he he talked to MJF. He's like you never go after somebody that's not in the ring. He's like, you never beat up a denouncer. Right. He's like, once you're inside the ring, he's like, everything's fair game. Everything's fair game. But you don't go after people that aren't in the game, basically. It's like it's like a mafia thing. It's like you don't kill people that aren't in the mafia. You only kill people that are in the mafia. Agreed. Right? You know, as a mafia member, I know all about this. <laughs> I watched The Sopranos, goddammit. But I, my, I mean, my favorite thing because I was watching it, being like, "Ah, oh, man, you know, MJF's got some good points." And then I was like, "Fucking goddamn!" It was like the same feeling that I have with MJF when he's really clicking. I'm just like, "This motherfucker's good." Like, yeah, there's no. Like qu- he he is. It's it's not it's not be it's not me being a mark. It's like me almost being like an anthropologist. It's like I'm watching him, and I'm like, he. I'm 16, 17 years older than the guy, and I'm just watching him. And he's got the crowd eating out of his hand. Literally. And William Regal is just staring, staring at, at him with this fucking kind of like not almost not, a smirk. Not really smiling. Yeah, more like a smirk, but he's not smiling, but he's just looking in his eyes. And I am just transfixed by this. And it really sounded like 
MJF had had he MJF was saying that I've I've held this grudge for I've, this be, long of because time. you told me how good I was when mm-hmm. I was nineteen, and then you said I was far too young, and then you told me to send send you a match and a promo every month or something, and he said by the third month. You st- you responded to him, and he read the email out loud that MJF read off his phone. Who Oof. knows if it's real or not? I was about to say, if it ain't real, it sounded real to me. <laughs> I was like, God damn. If it ain't real, these guys are – if it ain't real, like, what a thing to make up. Right. You know, not saying it couldn't be made up, but what a thing to make up. Where Regal said, listen, I, I have to watch shit all the time. Basically, leave me alone. Get back to me when you're must-see or when you when you can't be stopped or whatever. And MJF was clearly hurt by this. And I don't know if MJF is acting or not. That is the beauty of professional wrestling. MJF was fucking perfect in this entire thing. And then William Regal breaks him back down and says... I joined the carnival when I was 16. 16. I looked it up. Regal was born in the late 50s, so he's a, he's an older man. He's probably in his 60s right now. And he says, I joined the carnival when I was 16, and I actually had to go out and get my asses beat by these other wrestlers. And he, and he goes, if all it took you to get here was an email, you had an easy sunshine. And I marked it out. I was like, God damn, this is fucking perfect storytelling. This is the perfect form of fiction that could ever exist. This is perfect. And Regal clearly got to him. And I, when I say clearly, I'm talking kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. I have no idea what was happening shoot style. But, man. No, I'm sure they talked about this. I, I'm sure they did. But what a segment. Yeah. It was easily the, the best segment of uh, a Dynamite that only had one, two, three, four matches. A lot of backstage segments. A lot of things in, in, in the ring. This was the crown jewel, for lack of a better term, of the whole Dynamite. And I'm talking in ring, you know, backstage, whatever. This was must see TV because I, now I kind of want to watch it again right now. It was that good. Now I'm like, okay. Obviously, Moxley and uh, MJF were set for full gear at, on the 19th of uh, November. Now, Regal has to play some sort of role in this in some form or fashion. I don't think he can sit in commentary for this match if that makes sense he uh, in some form or fashion he, he has to be at ringside is there any chance that he flips on the block i was just Blackpool i was just game. getting ready to say that i was just getting ready to say that that would m- obviously make mjf more uh, back to being the heel that we all know he is i'm just waiting for him to you know sting the uh the uh the frog on the way across uh, obviously, dissension with um, Will Yuta and Brian Danielson in the backstage segment. As fast as Blackpool Combat Club got together is just as fast as they can break apart. Yeah, but they're, it's kind of like an NJPW type of faction, though, where like they don't always have to walk down to the ring together. Like I, I'm not asking them Mo- to walk Mo- down the Moxley, ring together. Moxley can represent Blackpool Combat Club without, without question. I'm just saying, on that line of thought, if Regal flips, if Will Yudas like fuck you to Brian Danielson, you worried about Daniel Garcia? You should be worried about us. 
I mean, cardio is just kind of like in the middle. It could easily happen just like that. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. I was amazed that MJF got that crowd to boo William Regal. Because William Regal is the type of dude that gets so much respect from an AEW crowd because it is a bunch of guys like us. Yeah. And it is the Smart Mark crowd. And they were psyched when William Regal showed up. And they're psyched for William Regal every every time. And he had them booing him, like straight up booing him within eight minutes. Okay. The great part about Austin, and we can move on if you want to, Austin – Going against Vince McMahon felt like the common man versus the boss. This was the same thing, just MJF was the common guy. You know, I'm chasing my dream. I'm meeting this guy that could help me get from point A to point B. He tells me, this is what I want you to do. I'm doing it. And now you're telling me, hey, kid, back off. Because he did present, that's a solid point, because he did present like at the very beginning, like you could, like really, you could write a fucking this. Yeah, you this was really you could write a dissertation <laughs> about this and trying to explain to a non wrestling fan like how monumental this this segment was, because what he did was he presented William Regal kayfabe style, kayfabe style. No, I'm sorry, shoot style, shoot style. Cow, uh, cow, cow. <laughs> <laughs> he presented him. As what he was, which was a power broker in the WWE, a For guy, sure. a guy that could make or break yep. new guys that were coming into the association. Did he say WWE? Oh, he said WWE. I, 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 he, he goes, I was pretty sure he did. I just wanted to make sure I was right. By the way, thank you for bringing that up because when MJF said I had a tryout with WWE when I was 19 years old, and he Burr? said he said WWE, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" It's like don't treat us like we're idiots. Just talk about each right. other. I don't know. I, I don't know if WWE will ever. I don't know if anybody will ever say AEW. I don't think they'll say AEW. They'll say everything but AEW. Yeah, but you know. Nobody that's watching AEW on a Wednesday night is an idiot and doesn't know that WWE exists. And I they know what they w, they know that WWE is the behemoth in the in the area and the space. And I don't want AJ Styles or the OC, whatever the fuck you want to call. Them. I don't want them to be like you know, Impact didn't happen, New Japan didn't happen. Say that shit. You know that's how you at least for guys that watch raw but to still watch other promotions as well you make that connection and that's all it is it's real fucking simple make the connection so that way you don't make us feel like fucking idiots watching your program right we're we're all on the level yeah without question everybody knows what's going on yeah we're all wrestling fans it's just you know you just have to treat us like you know we're somewhat intelligent from time to time that's all zach was talking about the beavers and promo of the year and i made a uh a thing in my phone on my notes app where I was going to start keeping track of Beaver yeah. and I lost track of it in like February. So <laughs> I haven't been doing it. So I don't know if it's my promo of the year because there are the wrestling is rich. Yes. Right now. Wrestling with, has yes. so many great things happening right now, but it was with great talkers, with great wrestlers, great stories. It will be in the conversation though. I've, if he's already mailed that in, I'm not mad at him for it because I mean it. I mean, we just sat here and talked about it for like the last ten minutes. It's so much that you can really delve into, and it really has 
made MJF, if you can make him more intriguing, it made him more intriguing yeah, right did. there. It did. It adds wrinkles to his character, and that's what you want in wrestling. You don't want the same thing over and over and over again. And He's a great heel, but and now his, him his, teasing babyface. Well, him talking about almost shaking William Uta's hand and then getting into this thing with William Regal, and then it turns into this. I was... When William Regal came out and MJF came out, I was like, "Okay, here we go. Let's you know, let's see some fun, you know." And then, it, like, I don't, you know, I I think I said a couple weeks ago that you know, let's cool it on the work shoots. This didn't feel like a work shoot to no. me. This felt like a work to me. Yeah, but it also felt like something that rang true in terms of the characters of the fictional show that I spend so much time watching and thinking about. This is how MJF became MJF. It was a a perfect segment. Uh, To talk about some other things that happened on, well, we had uh, the Death Triangle versus the Best Friends for the the six-man title. Very good match. Death Triangle goes over. They were teasing some dissension uh, within Death Triangle. Any thoughts on that? As well, you should, because at some point, this as long as now Pac is not the All-Atlantic champion, you know, now you have the trios championship, and Phoenix is, you know, trying to keep shit up on, on the level, and, and Pac is now really starting to lean in towards the heel side of his character to the point where you had uh, Phoenix snatch away the, the the bell hammer, and then post-match you had a little scuffle. Not even scuffle, but just, you know, some words afterwards. It's um, it's like the Golden State Warriors, you know. You're going to have disagreements, but as long as nobody's getting yocked in the eyes, you should be yocked. <laughs> somebody did get yocked in the eyes. I said unless, as long as you don't have somebody getting yocked in the eye, it's all good. Right now, it's all good. Winning is the best deodorant. Once they lose. What, who, what, can, what wrestler is Draymond Green? Because there's sometimes I love that motherfucker. Fucker, yeah, and sometimes and I just want to just like, dude, sit your dumb ass down. And I'm also like, man, you ain't got a jumper. Like, you <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> anyway, so we'll, we'll say this yeah, for another podcast. Uh, oh, oh, no, Buddy Roberts. Buddy Roberts would be the Draymond Green of... Like of a, a faction. What a deep cut. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it, it it wouldn't be Terry Gorey. It can't be Michael Hayes. It's Buddy Roberts. Save say this for our NBA podcast, ban, right? Banned from courtside. <laughs> uh, which we 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 should do we should someday. be doing something like that. So yes. Uh, yes. Uh, the other thing that I want to talk about from uh, AEW was Dalton Castle versus Y2J. I'm a big Dalton Castle guy. He is. Like Zach brought him up when we were talking about Bray earlier. He's the t- type of guy that you you just turn it just a little bit, <laughs> and he is unlike anybody else that's in professional wrestling. He's, uh, you know, I was talking a couple weeks ago about Maximum Male Models and about Fandango. Thank you, and I was Sorry. talking talking about Maximum Male Models, Fandango. Uh, pretty deadly. He is a guy that is uh, effeminate. Tower Breeze. Dalton Castle is effeminate. He has some uh, small-looking guys that could be described as twinks. Uh, he calls them the boys, uh, and they fight for him. And I'm a fan of Dalton Castle. I like the match versus Y2J. I'm not sure. Uh, I, the Y2J versus Ring of Honor thing, 
I'm enjoying, but I don't know how long they can keep it going. Um, Are they just going to keep it going until it's on TV? I, I heard that Tony Khan is, they're going to announce a streaming, some sort of streaming deal for Ring of Honor where they will have some kind of weekly television show or streaming show. Uh, what do you think about this match? The match I thought was good. Um, I agree with you with Dalton Castle. He When I started watching Ring of Honor, you know, really like two or three years ago, um, Dalton Castle was somebody I, I really couldn't put my head around because he was so off-center, but his, his ring, you know, work was so good. It was just like, you know, I didn't know really what to think about him. I really wasn't a fan of the boys, but... Dalton Castle, the in-ring guy, was so good. I always had to watch his matches. Um, I don't know if he's going to, he being Chris Jericho, can run through the gamut of former Ring of Honor past wrestlers. Obviously, Seth Rollins is somebody that's out. Adam Cole is somebody that seemingly is out. Samoa Joe, obviously, is somebody that should be on deck. Um I do like that storyline, but at some point it has to end. That's where I really think, and, you know, knocking on wood that Adam Cole somewhere is healthy and is just waiting for this storyline to come back because I would assume when the elite comes back, they'll come back as baby faces. Adam Cole without Bobby Fish, without Kyle Riley doesn't have a place to go. Not necessarily saying he needs a place to go. He's a big enough star. He can stand on his own, but everybody wants to see him and the elite cross paths. If not be on the same page, Kenny Omega was never in ring of honor. Was he? He was, but he was never a ring of honor champion. Was his name? Kenny Omega. Pretty sure. Okay. Um, 99% sure. So who, who takes the belt eventually off of Jericho? If it was if it was me and all things being healthy and equal, Adam Cole would be the guy. Adam Page, I don't think was no, he wasn't Ring of Iron champion, so he's out. Um, if it's me and Adam Cole is healthy, it's Adam Cole. If he's not, then that's where you're going to have to kind of deviate and have Jericho be like, you know, hey, I beat all these. Roosh is a former Ring of Iron uh, world champion. You can go heel versus heel if you wanted to go that route. But um, Jane Lethal, um, you know, it's been kind of he's been teasing a heel turn with this Darby Allen um, feudish, so to speak. He could be in play if you flipped him babyface. So I mean, there's options. Are you saying? Did you just say that Lethal's been teasing heel? Oh, I'm sorry, teasing babyface. I'm sorry. Um, he just beat the fuck out of Darby Allen, put him underneath the garage door. Oh, look, that's. You ever put anybody underneath the garage door? <laughs> There's people I wanted to. Um, I have. God bless you. I, I'll just say this. I think that's part Killed of the story. <laughs> underneath the garage door, you should. Cops, cops never found me. I don't think that's the end of this Jane Lethal storyline. And I, I honestly think that it wouldn't surprise me if he flipped babyface at the end. I don't want him to, but it wouldn't surprise me. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Oh, 
Where should we go here, Jason? Where should we go? Deal with choice, man. Let's. Well, we did WWE. Well, let's go back to Raw. Uh, we'll do NJPW in the odds and ends, and we're also we also have Halloween Havoc uh, predictions. That's why I was going to ask you. That's why I was going to ask you. So you were off Tuesday. I was. You watched both. No. You didn't watch both. You didn't watch NXT on Tuesday. No. Damn. No. See, I, I should have watched that. I, shit. I I kept flipping back to it. They were definitely trying some counter programming with Tuesday Night Dynamite because right. Dynamite was on Tuesday night this week uh, because of the MLB playoffs and also there was hockey on TNT. You know, friend of the show, Dog1118, uh, told me a long time ago that hockey <laughs> pulls in more viewers than wrestlers. Uh, than Here, wrestling. We uh, Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So they had the Rangers versus the Islanders or whatever, you know, fucking hockey. I'm, you know, I'm sure it's a great sport. I don't watch it. I watch playoff hockey. I, I won't lie. Uh, the regular season hockey just is not fun to me. I, I'm just not a big enough fan to watch 82 games of uh, regular season hockey. Regular season basketball, different story for a different time. Hockey is the most boring thing in the world that seems exciting. Which, if you it had, like, okay, all it's, right. It's like, it's, Hang on. it's like when, do, when, when people watch hockey and they're like, this is so exciting. I feel like it's my baby watching Miss Rachel on YouTube. It's like she thinks it's exciting, but she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> if you had to watch one or the other for two hours, what? hockey or soccer, which would you watch? Soccer. Not even close. Really? It's not even close, man. Hockey is, they're just all really packed in there. And every every goal that's scored, every, time, every once in a while, there's something that happens in hockey that's very... Very athletic and like almost like poetic, but you got to watch ten or eleven hockey games to see one moment of that. And even then, you're like, "Oh, did that go in? Oh, I guess it went in." Otherwise, wow. it's just a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> just skating around as fast as they can, hitting each other, like just chasing this little fucking puck around. At least soccer, it's like it sets up slowly. It's like, and then all of a sudden, it's a fucking attack. Hockey, it's just real fast, 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 and it's an attack, and it's like, okay, well, like you know, you got even when you're at a game, you have to watch the fu- you have to wait for the horn to know if it went in the fucking net. Hockey sucks. <laughs> okay, come at me, Brett Hall. Find me, Brett Hall. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna really say Kelly Chase gonna come around this corner and be like, "What the fuck did you say?" I mean, I'm glad that people enjoy what they enjoy. It's just not my cup of tea. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, talk about raw. So raw, uh, we let me find. We have uh, it opens up. This is a, this seems to be a hallmark of the Triple H era that it opens up with something that we're just opening. Like it, like it's a hallmark. He's been in power for like two months. It happens a lot though. Like the it flips. It's seven o'clock, and all of a sudden there's people already fighting. Like <laughs> he 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 loves it. And this week it happened uh, with a. Well, this week it happened twice. Because on SmackDown, there was a car accident with McIntyre and Karrion Cross Cross, that we didn't talk about. And and Raw, it started off with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar were already fighting. Tell me it's not a hallmark. It's not a hallmark. It happened twice. It's not a hallmark. It's a trend. God damn. He's been in charge for two months. I mean, it happens every time. (laughs) Anyway, fucking trend. Jesus. This Bobby Brock Talk to me a year from now. I'm not sure if Bobby Brock is really getting me off just because I don't know. If they're if it's going to go past blood in the sand, 
Like, if if it doesn't go past blood in the sand, then I don't give a fuck. I don't think it's going past blood in the sand. I think this is a a lot of matches, a, a lot of things that are happening are happening for Saudi. And it is what it is. It's a, it's a money time for, or a money grab for WWE. I ain't mad at you for it. But I'll say this. The last time they were in Saudi, I was hyped for it. You know, they had some really good matches. I think it was Roman Reigns and Brock was for the title was the main event. This time around, not so much. I don't even care about the the, the political aspect of it. You know, okay, the, the I get two it. Main, the two main events are very intriguing to me. Really? Yes. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns is intriguing to you. Very intriguing. Why me. is it intriguing to you? Because I want to see how they book it. I want to. I want to see how it plays out. I don't think that there's any. You know how they're going to book it. It's how strong Logan Paul looks. I guess is the ultimate question. Well, they're going to make Logan Paul look strong. They're probably going to make Roman. Re- I mean, listen. What they could do is have Roman Reigns just come in and spear him twice, Superman punch, and that's the end of it. No. But listen, that's the type of shit that they can. That's the type of shit that WWE doesn't shy away from with huge matches like this. That are happening not at huge WrestleMania American centric events. They will that at at Crown Jewel, they could do something very strange. Um, I will think that they would. I would. My inclination would be that they would have Logan Paul look as strong as possible. Roman Reigns not take him very seriously, and then Logan Paul end up losing, maybe kicking out of. I don't know what fucking Superman punch or something. Yeah, but but it is intriguing to me, and also it's intriguing to me because I think that Logan Paul, and we've talked about it here on this podcast. I think it's possible that Logan Paul is in this for kind of a long haul. Like maybe he's going to have three or four years as a professional wrestler, and I want to see how he develops because he's. It seems like he has the temperament for it. He definitely has the athleticism for it, and I'm excited to see it. That makes me excited. And Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, I'm always excited for every Brock Lesnar match, no matter what, versus whoever. You could put them against anybody, and I want to see a Brock Lesnar match because I want to see how they book it. It is must-see television for me. Barry Horowitz versus Brock Lesnar? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that because uh, Bret Hart said uh, Barry Horowitz should be in the uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame. When's the last time that Brock Lesnar had a bad match? The Lashley match at Royal Rumble was not that good. Um, I mean, from there, it just it, it's it's so subjective. I bet if I mean, we went, I bet if we went inside right now, turn that match on, we'd watch it, and you'd be like, "Yeah, that's pretty fucking good." I, honestly, I don't, and I would almost venture to guess. I know me well enough to know that if we listen to the podcast post wrestle i'm sorry post royal rumble i wasn't a huge fan of it it just i didn't okay so like last week you know two beer was like you know this is a dream match this is a dream match i'm like wait a minute we just had this that that was me either way it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that's that's how forgettable that first match was and it shouldn't have been can i present to you a fancy booking situation, please, to make this Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley thing last longer. In blood in the sand, and be good. And in blood in the sand, 
Or just this is just you just taking the pencil and just doing your thing? Me taking the pencil and doing my thing. Do Not you necessarily think? blood in the sand. Okay. So blood in the sand, uh, they would have. Brock should go over. I said this is my fancy booking. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. I hate fancy booking. If you hate fancy booking, you can hit the 15-second fast-forward right. thing on your phone. <laughs> four, Starting four or, five, four or five towns. Now. You have Bobby Lashley winning blood in the sand, right? So he beats Brock back-to-back. Did he beat him at Royal Rumble? Yes. We had this conversation last week. I was wasted. I know. So, okay, fine. You have Brock Lesnar win. It doesn't matter. So, Lashley, Hurt Business gets together, right? Hurt Business reforms. You have Omos, or as or as Zach would call him, Omos. <laughs> MVP, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. Sorry, Tubio, we they, waited for a while to run you down. And they are getting ready, and so they're going to come after Brock Lesnar, right? And okay. Then, because of their long-standing friendship and University of Minnesota ties, you have Shelton Benjamin turn on the Hurt Business because he's actually friends with Brock Lesnar. And then you have Shelton Benjamin being Brock Lesnar's little buddy for a while. And then you you bring you make Shelton Benjamin something again. That's no, a fancy booking no, for me. Why no, not? No. Why Bro- not? Because Brock is big by himself. He didn't... A, the Hurt Business was one of the best things that happened to Sheldon Benjamin. If you wanted to bring it back together, that's good for Sheldon Benjamin. Remember when they re-signed Sheldon Benjamin and we were like, fuck yeah, man. Like, this is one of the most underused guys of all time. He never got his due. He ended up being a glorified, you know, spot monkey for a bad, I, lack I, of a better I, word. I don't want to I'll say it. I'm not going to. Spot monkey I'm for a lack of a better word. You knew what I was saying. But yes. I, I'm not going to call Sheldon Benjamin. No, he's a spot monkey. And for WWE, well, that, that, that's he's a how spot they use, monkey. That's how they used him. That's yes, not what he is. Without question. That's not how they used him. Without when he question. Was in, that's not how they used him when he was on Team Angle or... Uh, Team Angle. <laughs> he was Team Angle, and then they were... Oh, te- you said Team Angle. <laughs> no, he was Team Angle with Charlie Haas. I and thought then, you were marrying TNA and Impact. No, no, no. No, no, no. When he was Team Angle with Charlie Haas, and then yes. they called him America's Best Tag Team, team. right? That's that, not, they, that was they did not use Shelton Benjamin as a spot monkey, and, and that is, I'm not using that as a racial term. In in Royal Rumble terms, in um, money in the bank, in money in the bank terms, yeah. he was a spot monkey. He yeah. was the guy that yeah. would just come off and do some crazy shit yeah. before Kofi Kingston. There he, was Shelton Benjamin. He was Kofi Kingston before With, Kofi Kingston. Yes, yes. He never really got his due. No, won the Intercontinental. I still want to see him in in, in uh, New Japan wrestling. I think that would be like the the ultimate lit, litmus test because you see him in. The, I've seen him in the WWE. I've seen him in a couple other places. Okay, now that, now that dude might be forty five. Black don't crack, but uh, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Dude, to me, I was watching some old ass Shark Tank today, and Aaron came in. It was like Shark Tank from like two thousand nine. And I'm like, man, Damn, it's been going on that long. Oh yeah, okay. I love that show, and I I watch it whenever I don't feel like whenever I feel like watching something, not thinking about palate cleanser for wrestling. Yeah, I always have Shark Tank on, and Aaron's like, man, they all look different. And then they showed Damon John. She's like, except him. 
And like Damon John looks the exact same. <laughs> like the exact fucking same. Uh Shelton Benjamin was born in seventy five, so he is He's two years older or sorry, two years younger than me. So he's forty seven. Come on, man. We didn't have to put the number out there. I said two years younger. Oh. Sorry, you don't Jesus think that you don't Christ. think that you don't think there are listeners or no, they don't they, do no, the math. They they are a it's they forty seven. How old are you? You forty nine? No, you're forty eight. I'll be forty nine this year. Yeah, you'll be forty nine. You ain't fifty. God damn. Once you're fifty, you are sorry, man, you're out, off the podcast. Get <laughs> <laughs> some old motherfucker. Uh he won the OVW Southern Tag Team Championship four times, three times with Brock Lesnar. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're boys. I know. And it, I'm just saying, that's a little bit of fancy no, it, booking. It, it, would, like, it yeah. would totally make sense. It'd be fun to see. It would totally make sense. If you wanted to do it, that was the Royal Rumble two years ago when Brock was, well, I'm sorry, three years ago before the pandemic, 2020 Royal Rumble when Drew McIntyre won it. And you had Shelton and Brock in the ring, and they were kind of teaming up a little bit. Yeah, it was fun. And okay. Then, and then Brock tossed him. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so we just went way off on yeah. Bobby and Brock. Uh, we had Down a rabbit hole. American Alpha versus the OC. The OC wins. It looks like we're dealing. We're heading towards an OC versus Judgment Day. I'd like to see that as a Survivor Series match. I just feel like we're leading towards like a bunch of Survivor Series shit. No, this is, I think this is going to be. I'm pretty sure they announced this as a. Another crown jewel match, which is fine. Knock yourself out. Get it out the way. Um, I mean, no wonder Carl Anderson fucking sandbagged Tanahashi in that match, man. No wonder he sandbagged him. He was, Apparently, he wasn't under contract. So, I mean, if you want to sandbag it and, you know, make yourself healthy for the WWE, that's your business. You don't it's, think, it, knew, you don't think not, he knew it, he was coming back? Look, to I me. I called them coming back with AJ before that match. You did. You did. You did. I'll say this. I ain't, mad, I ain't mad at Carl Anderson. I'm mad at New Japan Wrestling. Exactly. 100%. No doubt. That's get, on. Get paid, motherfucker. Without question. Get paid. Okay? That's on New Japan for putting a title on somebody that's not contracted to you. A the big, the biggest. percent. The, the biggest thing with Sonata, we were always like, you know, why doesn't he have a title? Why doesn't he have a title? If you're not contracted to New Japan Wrestling, you shouldn't have a title. Seth Rollins comes out and cuts a hilarious, My hilarious dog. promo. Mustafa Ali, uh, they get Mustafa Ali comes out, and starts talking shit to him. Uh, Seth Rollins cheap shots him. I like this pairing. I'd like to think, or I like to hope, that Seth Rollins handpicked Mustafa Ali. Or can I'm sorry. Seth Rollins elevate Mustafa Ali? I guess because that's the ultimate question. Yes, yes. Mustafa Ali, or I think he's Mustafa. I think that's how he prefers to be called. Well, I just want to honor. No, no, I, I just look, I'm honor. not. I'm not waving my eyes like you know. You rolled your eyes at me. I did not. I Jesus know that Christ. you don't like brown people. <laughs> uh, he um, he can talk. He is not uncomfortable on the mic. No. He is not awkward on the mic. He seems like a normal. when retribution what what. Retribution first came oh back. God. No, no, seriously. For like, the, I know it wasn't even, his fault. It wasn't his fault. It failed. The hacker um, 
gimmick that he was that was supposed to be him for a little bit. Forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. It's not Mustafa Ali's fault. It's usually WWE's fault that is just trying to do, to do too much and dropping the ball. I think obviously he's great in the ring. Mustafa. I'll just make it simple. Ali is great in the ring, good on the mic. All he Ali. ever needed was yeah, all he needed was a break. This might be his break. But then after he loses, I'm assuming he will lose to Seth Rollins. You need to have more going for him past the Seth Rollins. I would Rollins. like to see a bit of a series between these guys because I think that this is the type of guy that Seth Rollins should be there to elevate and can elevate while also getting a bunch of wins under his belt because he hasn't had a bunch of wins under his belt lately. He lost three times in a row to Cody Rhodes. He beat Riddle, and then he tapped out the Riddle. I loved his explanation on Monday night where he I said – I did it for you. He said, well, he said it was a strategic move. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That is actually – Kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. That makes, makes sense. Some, <laughs> makes sense. Right. I, like, I got a, a U.S. title match coming up. You think I'm going to break my arm for this shit? Fuck you. So they had uh, Rhea Ripley and Cora Jade talking backstage. Okay, so this is what I want to talk about. JBL makes his triumphant return to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> they give him so the, random. They get it was pretty random. They show his big ass car with the Longhorns uh, pull up a couple segments before, which I appreciate. He comes out <laughs> and cuts a promo on Oklahoma, which can only be described <laughs> as hilarious. <laughs> Especially when Texas whomped that ass. I, I mean, was like, God. Damn. Have you ever seen a guy like it's like he's been waiting to cut a promo oh, on a so crowd like giddy. that? In, so giddy, and he nailed it. Oklahoma didn't score that game, correct? I mean, uh, it was like forty nine nothing or some crazy I shit like that. Fifty one nothing, I think. Okay, Oklahoma did not score. That's bad news, Bears. And but a rivalry game? The crowd was chanting JBL, JBL, and then he went in on Oklahoma. <laughs> He's like, I have to apologize to the WWE Universe for cutting this promo in Oklahoma. He's like, what a he's like basically like what a bullshit state. He's like, the promised land is just south of the Red <laughs> River. He's like, you guys are joining the SEC. You should probably go to the Mac. Yeah. The Mac Hot is fire. just Mac is just catching shrapnel over here. <laughs> it's like, what do like, we do? Marshall University is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are we getting hit? <laughs> An incredible promo. Who did you think when you were watching this? Who did you think that he was out that he was going to introduce? At, or did did you already catch I had, spoilers? No, I, I knew he was going to be on Raw. I just had no idea where this was going. And or I'm why? Like, yeah, I'm just like, okay, so it's great. Truth be told, JBL for for me as wrestling fandom, I was in and out with JBL. I saw him when he beat uh, John Cena a couple of times. He became the champion. He was champ for a while. You know, Rey Mysterio, I was in and out of wrestling at that point. So I can't really sit here and, and champion how great JBL was as a heel or, you know. Do you remember when HBK was his slave? No. Or he wasn't, it, I don't know if they used the word, I think they used the word slave, or he was like his like errand boy or whatever. I could see that. HBK could be, is basically bulletproof at any point. 
I mean, you wanted to get JBL over. Makes sense. I didn't know why he was here. And he announces Baron Corbin as the trade for Rey Mysterio going over to SmackDown. Okay, number one. I like that shit. That, to me, is sports-centric. If Rey Mysterio comes over, somebody has to come back. I don't give a fuck who it is, but somebody has to come back. Perfect. Check. Now, Baron Corbin, for me, is somebody that has been basically on this podcast. Is I, I had him as the, one of the overrated uh, on the beefers probably a couple years ago. Still don't get it, but I'll say, Mark. I'll say this much. I don't necessarily think that he needs JBL as the mouthpiece because it kind of feels like that's what was going to happen when he was when JBL was in the ring. You know, he, he's the you know the modern day wrestling. He was the wrestling guy, but now he's you know announcing Baron Corbin as the modern day wrestling guy. So JBL is going to have to be around for at least a little bit to pass that moniker over. I mean, I get it question mark because i i don't get i get it because jbl is there to pass the wrestling guide moniker over so baron corbin's gonna be the wrestling guide get heat on wrestling on baron corbin he doesn't need heat people either like him or they don't i'm on the right side of the fence i don't like baron corbin it's not because he's the the modern day wrestling guy. Unprofessional bullshit. I just think that he's just not that good. Like that. Okay. That's just me. Corbin? Corbin Corbin is You don't good. think Corbin's that good? Corbin is good, not great. He's he would be a guy that passed um Seth Rollins, passed um Cody Rhodes past um, Bray Wyatt. He would be a guy that if there were split championships, he'd be like my fifth, sixth, seventh pick to be a split champion. He can get heat. He can wrestle. I don't think you need JBL to do what I think they're trying to do, if that makes sense. I think you might be overthinking it a little bit. Um, This seems to be a repackaging for me. It seems to be like maybe they're trying to move Baron Corbin into... They're just trying to give him a different look. And maybe JBL went up to Triple H. He's like, hey, I wouldn't mind being a manager for a little while. Maybe maybe take a bump or two, you know? Maybe maybe hand out a clothesline from hell, you know? Supposedly, that's not in the cars for JBL, supposedly. But please, go ahead. I just think it's a different look for Baron Corbin. I, I'm i with my brother-in-law, Steve, here. I think that Baron Corbin is incredible. Like, I love him as a WWE wrestler. I love him. I think that he is hilarious. I think that he is a good wrestler, if not an above-average wrestler. He's huge. And I also think he's hilarious, which is my favorite thing. Okay, I like hilarious wrestlers, okay, and I so think that he is hilarious. What's the JBL connection? Why? Because you- JBL is also hilarious. Oh, it's a repackaging of it. Now, listen, does Baron, they just, they does, just look, changed his first name? I'll be That's on, it. I'll be honest here. I'll be honest here. 
do I seek out, like, if I have SmackDown and Raw taped? What do you watch first? DVR'd. Do I seek out Baron Corbin segments? No, no. I don't. No, I seek out Kevin Owens segments every time. Been a little I, MIA and, lately. And, and lately, I well, he was on NXT this week. Oh, but, duh. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say duh. I didn't watch it. Lately, I've been seeking out Bloodline segments. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have time to watch everything. Sami Zayn once again, and, and nobody Woo! and nobody does have time to watch everything. Yeah, but, but I'm trying to watch as much as I can for the listener. You know, for sure. Like, I care it's not about, about us. I care about the listener. It's not about us. Do I seek out Baron Corbin segments? No, but when I end up watching a Baron Corbin segment, I'm like, man, this guy is fucking good. Like he he just seems very smooth to me, very natural. Like look, the thing that we were just talking about, Mustafa Ali. It's almost like. Baron Corbin has that in spades. Like, he is not uncomfortable on the mic. No. He has no problem cutting a promo. He has no problem. They gave him his own segment, for like, Christ's like sake. Like you I mean, said. That has, was, that's well, WWE's version of just, you know, they, take this shit and, and, and run with well, it. They do that with everybody. But No, like, they don't. No, they don't. Okay. Jericho. He is Owens. The, he, what are you talking about? Segments? No, I'm talking about, like, here's your own show, quote, unquote. Christian. Christian. Bailey. Edge. KO. Piper. These he's Jericho, in that okay, he's Miz. in that same he's in that same vein. They do it all the time. No, they don't. Not with everybody. You didn't give Kogi Kingston his own show, did you? Yeah, no. Mother, mother, yeah, motherfucker oh. can't talk. <laughs> Motherfucker's a shit promo. <laughs> but that's my point. Nobody's ever my- said, man, that Kofi <laughs> Kingston really cuts a mean promo. Hey, hey, that Kofi Mania fucking run was, a, a, was another different story. But you get my point, though. They trust Baron Corbin with the mic enough, enough to give him his own segment to set up other shit. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm like, the, the JBL connection doesn't really make sense unless well, you're trying to make him the modern-day, quote-unquote, wrestling guy. Well, there is, I mean, there are plenty of, there's plenty of examples in wrestling history where they give a manager to a guy that can cut the promo. I don't think JBL is going to be a manager, though. I don't think he's going to work the road with Baron Corbin. Work the road. Okay. Do you think that he's going to be on every single SmackDown with Marin Corbin? Or every, sorry, every single Raw? No. I, I, would, I would almost go up to maybe the, the end of the calendar year at Tops. Baron Corbin doesn't need JBL. I mean, we're nitpicking here. Uh, all, all it is, it gives it gives Baron Corbin a different look. Yes. Gives him a bit it, of an they endorsement. They repackage him. They must have something planned for him. Okay. I'm not saying they're going to make him... World champ. I'm not saying they're going to make him U.S. or Intercontinental champ. He'll be U.S. at this point. I'm saying that they're going to work him up to something. I mean, didn't he have a big WrestleMania match last year? Yeah, it was um, with what's-his-face, uh, McAfee. No, not McAfee. Who kicked out of the end of the day? Who kicked out of the end of days the first time? Was it McIntyre? It was McIntyre. Right? It was McIntyre Corbin at WrestleMania. Yes. Okay. Not McAfee, because McAfee was... 
<laughs> I don't know for sure. I'm just going with what I think makes sense. Somebody kicked out of In the Days, and it was the first time they kicked out of it, and it was like the second match on the card. Like, it was still light out, and I was like, you're going to kick out of it when it's still light out? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Anyway, okay, whatever. Uh, no, we, I, will, I will Google this shit. You don't have to Google it. Uh, I, I, anyway, I like seeing it. So you have Dominic versus AJ. Are we? What? What do you think about Dominic right now? Ray is off of SmackDown. We are Ray is off of Raw. We talked about this earlier. What do you think about Dominic right now? Because Dominic's got long hair. He kind of looks badass, and he gets tons of heat. Are you down with Dominic? That you said the last words out of my out of the mouth is tons of heat. I see people run down Ray, and I get it. You know, he's not polished like you want a wrestler to be. But, I mean, damn, he's like 22, 23, 24. He's literally growing up in front of everybody's eyes. And we're, oh, and I'm not nitpicking him. I, I think this, this run is kind of funny and kind of good for Ray. Or, I'm sorry, good for Dom in this scenario where – he can just be him. He doesn't have to lead the judgment day. He is the, he's a bass player. He's the drummer. Okay? Finn Bauer is you know singing the fucking the tunes and Dom's in the background. Every now and then Dom comes up and and gets heat. And that's what it's all about. Dominic Mysterio is 39 years old looking at it right now. Dominic Mysterio is 39 years old. No, I'm just kidding. He's 25. <laughs> How old? <laughs> He's 25. Okay. He's really not. I don't know if he got training in the background, whatever the case may be, but he's still. No, he's good. He can wrestle. He just looks so young to me. Do you think that there's any possibility that Dominic Mysterio fights his dad for his dad's mask? Mm. If it. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? It would only be interesting if we didn't see it before. No, no, no. But there's tons of people. There's tons of wrestling fans that haven't seen it before. There's tons of wrestling fans that have not seen Rey Mysterio sans mask. Now, you and I have, but we are old. Yeah, but I mean, damn. But, you know, that's what the bad part about YouTube is. You know, you can go back and see that shit. It It would not make it an any less impactful story if Dominic... Mysterio beat his dad. I, I guess, for his you, I guess you took Ray's eye out. So yeah, you can do mass versus. Oh yeah, I forgot he lost an eye. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what Dominic's real name is? Dominic. <laughs> um. So <laughs> then we had Elias. I didn't watch the Elias segment. Did you watch the Elias segment? I did. Um. Not. It was. It was kind of like what Elias was before he left. When he tried to perform, someone would interrupt him. In this case, it was Riddle. Um, when Riddle came in, it was Seth Rollins. I honestly thought that it was going to be Elias turning on Riddle in the main event at Raw. But I like the way that they circumvent that shit to where it was a quote-unquote mistake. But ultimately, I think it's going to be Riddle and Elias feuding for a little bit. And Seth Rollins moving on to whomever he moves on to. All right. That's going to do it for our three count. Mustafa Ali. What about him? That's who he's moving on to. That's how uh, Raw calls out. Mustafa Ali. That'll do it for our three count. Smart Scott. Two. That's good. Three. That's good. 
Hey, JJ Twigs is a really good pizza place. Oh, so Taco is a really good. Uh, so, well, let's let's get some odds in. <laughs> that's now nah, if, so, if you listen to the pod, that's old school shit, right? That's there. some old school shit. Uh, so um, we'll talk about New Japan, but I just want to talk about the TV Championship matches. These are ma- these are matches with fifteen minute time limit. Yeah, it was. It's um. I think it was 10 minutes was um, WCW NWA for the TV title. It sounds yep. right. So you just add more five minutes. So for me, it's it's just perfect. So these are New Japan matches. With a 15-minute time limit is kind of fun for New Japan because New Japan is known for having – they can have very long matches. For example, the Tamatanga Jay White match at uh, the last Jay White I forget what um, I forget what event that was. Domination or uh, world power? Uh, domination of power. That wasn't it, but something like that. And Jay Power. It's like world domination or Jesus Christ. The guy that anyway watches they they go way domination too long. of power. They go way too long. Sometimes that match went way too long. Fair anyway, right. so we have Kanemaru versus Finley. Finley goes over. Did you like this match? Right guy goes over. Um... I like the fact that David Finley is now starting to feel more and more like a threat past for sure. G one. Yes, for sure. Looked looked badass in this yeah. match. Kanemaru made him look like a million bucks. He's a Kanemaru is not going to win it. He's there to make David Finley look look David good. David Finley looked great in this match, and uh, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite guys on the New Japan card. Uh, we had ZSJ. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. versus Alex Zane. This was my favorite match out of the six that we've seen thus far. I think that Alex Zane has a real future in NJPW and pro wrestling, period. Um, He was getting ready to fight him to a draw, and ZSJ kept putting him in submission moves that he would not give up. He had five seconds to go, and he tapped Tapped out out five seconds to go. A very fun match. Zack Sabre Jr. matches are always bangers in this podcaster's opinion. What do you think about this match? ZSJ said it uh, post-match. Um, he's not usually a guy that works fast. He works at his own pace, whatever that pace is. But now in this scenario, you have 15 minutes, so you just can't work at the ZSJ pace. That, to me, it was the basic storyline behind it. Obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but uh, Al Zane was my pick to win it, and I didn't know that he was facing ZSJ beforehand. I'm like, oh, never mind. Really good match. The coin, the coin flip tiebreaker I'm not a huge fan of. And that's the way I thought it was going to go down because at some point somebody somebody is going to go a 15-minute draw and they're going to flip a coin, and that's how somebody's going to advance. I thought this was going to be that match, but neither here nor there. Really good match. Aaron Hanare versus Evil, uh, a typical House of Torture match. Typical, of, nope, that's not it. Bunch of bullshit. Evil goes over. Uh, Hanare Yoshi, looks good. Yoshihashi versus Jeff Cobb. Super fun match. Blueprint of Naito beating Jeff Cobb um, leading up to Wrestle Kingdom and at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Yoshiashi goes to the knee, roll up, one, two, three, didn't see it coming. 
Um, good on good on uh, Yoshi and Jeff Cobb's gonna face uh, FTR with a uh, great O'Con. So I mean, Jeff Cobb's picture. got other things. Yeah, going big on. picture going on. That's fine. You know, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. Yoshihashi seems to be catching a lot of uh, every a New lot Jap- of momentum. People people are starting to get behind Yoshihashi. Uh, you know, I. New Japan's good for a, a upset or two. Here's your upset right here, first but, round, boom. But like it's for for people that usually watch American style wrestling, like I do. The only non-American wrestling that I watch is New Japan. This is the equivalent of you know not not Kofi Mania, but it's a guy that's usually not at the top of the card, starting to catch fire. He looked really good in the G1. He he uh he had the tag belts for a while with Godo and it should have been my uh beefer tag team of the year with him. Nah, you fucking hipster. No, look, right, him yeah. Godo and uh, Ishii, they they ran six man six man never titles for a hot minute. They still hold the um the uh, the the record for most consecutive six man defenses that should have been my pick. Jason, do you think that you can vamp about Godo versus Kenta for forty five seconds while I go take a piss? Yes, for sure. Let um, me know what happened with Godo and Kenta. Honestly, I, I'll be honest. I I did not see the match. I will be. You can go, 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 go. Um, if I had to take a guess, <laughs> Godo is coming down, you know, solo dolo. Kenta would come down solo dolo. There would be some fuckery with the um, book that Kenta is, uh, you know, running around with. Double uh, printing of that shit. That's crazy to me. I mean, I didn't know Kenta was that goddamn interesting. Neither here nor there. If I had to take a guess, and I'm going to probably watch it this weekend because I'm off on Saturday, obviously, so I can go watch the show. I'm going to take a guess to say that Kenta goes over. It's not a knock against Godo. I wouldn't be surprised if Godo goes over, but I would honestly say that Kenta still has enough steam with going through this book tour, being that guy. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather see Kenta go over versus Godo. Godo is cool. But I think somewhere Godo is going to get distracted. They'll have him go his own way. Kenta goes over. That's my guess. Pretty good guess. Uh, Am I right? Yeah, Kenta went over. Nice. Uh, (laughs) The book didn't have as much to do with it as you thought it did. Okay. Kenta goes over. Kenta's just mean. Like, he's just a mean dude. It wasn't a queen win? Uh... Well, I was working while I was watching. Okay, never I'll, mind. I'll it probably wasn't a queen win. Go ahead. I'll tell you what match was funny was Sonata versus Taichi. Peck popping, I would assume, would be the... Lot, lots of peck popping. <laughs> lots of peck popping. And then they had a push-up competition yeah. in the middle of the match where yeah. they were both doing push-ups. Uh, Sonata ends up going over, and then they were in the ring together for like ten minutes afterwards. It's like it's clearly these guys were just fucking around. It's like it was a total house show type of shit. Anyway, Sonata went over. I don't know who's gonna win this thing. I'll say this. Just because you never watched the pre match shit. I did mm? watch a lot of pre match shit this week because Tell me you saw Ren uh Ren Rita and I did. Okay. I and that's going to be a Ren match yep. in this tournament. Go ahead. 
Ren Narita versus Ishii is going to be a match in this tournament on the 26th. Yeah, I think that I can't see Ishii winning. Ishii just doesn't win anymore. Okay. He doesn't win singles matches. I think he only had two points in the last G1. I think it was four. I think he won the first and maybe the last. (sighs) Maybe. He did not have a good showing. Not at all. And we we talked about this at the end of the G1, which was that. Oh, can I see the weed? Which is that. uh, (laughs) Was that. uh, It's about to wrap up, everybody. (laughs) About to wrap up. Uh, that we always want Ishii to win and that Ishii might be at the end of his G1 runs or maybe they just keep him around for a while. Okay. I hope that they do because Ishii is a badass. I think this isn't the time where Ren Narita is being dubbed as Son of Strong Style. Ishii is basically, I won't call him a gatekeeper, but I mean, if you can sit back the way that Ren Narita and Ishii just, they were not trying to get away from each other, especially Ren Narita, okay? If you can do that for 15 minutes, that might be the one match that you have the coin flip to have somebody advance. That's how I would guess that Ren Narita advanced. I cannot see Ren Narita cleanly beating Ishii in the ring Without some sort of assistance, you know we were. I talking, could be wrong. You know we were. We mentioned the Beefers earlier. Yes, which sir. Is our it's the BFR awards year end awards that we do in the first week of January, ish, ish. I mean, we talk about Wrestle no, Kingdom. We talk about the Beefers. Okay, it might be we're January tenth. Yeah, we're not Wrestle Kingdom where every January fill in the blank is the Beefers. I'm just telling you, my mark out moment of the year. Okay, might be when Ishi. Uh, just beat the hell out of my arch nemesis, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> never mind. Go ahead. Anyway, that's our New Japan wrap up of the week. <laughs> this is banned from ringside. Did you even watch that? Okay, see, that's that's the that's the three what? things I wanted to do. What Ishii and Rinderita and that three? No, 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 no. Ishii and uh, Eddie Kingston, did you even watch that match? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. Yeah, I went back and watched it. Okay, fair enough. The two things I okay, the two things I wanted to watch before I was this board someday, and I just turned it on just because I felt like getting psyched up about watching, uh, you know, face versus heel. Oh, is that sorry, Eddie Kingston? Am I using uh, am I using terms? Sorry, am I using insider terms? Oh, am I acting like one of the boys, Eddie Kingston? Find me, Kingston. Find me, St. Charles, Missouri, 63301. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this shit up. Hit the music. Um, I wanted to watch Find NXT. my parents. <laughs> yeah, Old right. Monroe. <laughs> I say, don't Just say drive that. around. You'll don't see the, that. You'll see the driveway. Don't say that. It's Baggy Lane. Don't say that. No, we're not, we're not trying to get the parents into involved in this shit. Is it really? Yeah, it's just a long-ass driveway. That's crazy talk. That's, I, it's the country. I wanted to see NXT because, obviously. Don't go to my parents' house. Yeah, right. NXT and AEW were literally against each other, and I wanted to watch NXT before I got here on uh, on tonight just, just because, like, two or three years ago, that was the thing. That was the Wednesday Night Wars. And, obviously, if you didn't see it, AW won the, the weekly war for uh, 
ratings. It was like seven versus six, whatever. Both were bad, and I didn't, I didn't expect either one to be great, especially when you're going up against AEW. Stacked the show though so much harder yeah. than NXT did, yeah. though, because NXT stacked the show with Raw and SmackDown superstars. Okay, I see Raw and SmackDown superstars all, all the, the time. time. Like, by the time that AEW was over and I flipped it over to NXT, I know that NXT has an eight-minute runover, and it was the KO show with J.D. McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and Braun Breaker, and I knew I could watch the last eight minutes of that, and I really only watched that because KO. Duh. You know, and KO, I don't know if you saw it. KO, KO cut a promo on the end about J.D. McDonough that was so fucking funny so Braun Breaker, Dragunov, and McDonough are sitting there, and KO's talking to them all, right? And Dragunov and Braun Breaker are just talking tons of shit, and J.D. McDonough's just sitting back there looking creepy, and Kevin Owens goes, you know, guys, he's like, he looks at Dragunov and Breaker, and he goes, you know, as a former NXT champion, he's like, I know what this guy's doing, and he points at J.D. McDonough, he's like, he wants you guys to beat the hell out of each other. So that he can seek and get the win. He's like, nobody wants this guy to win the belt. <laughs> He's like, I've talked to all the former NXT champions. He's like, nobody wants this guy to get the belt. I called his mom last night. <laughs> and she told me that she that she wants see, him to lose. See. And J.D. McDonough's face didn't change one time. It, wow. was, it was a fucking hilarious segment. The fact that he... Uh, just that pure KO. KO. No, pure KO. He's he just prob- so He probably good. brought his mom to try to break him, and, <laughs> and JD didn't break. There's good on thing, him. There's the thing with KO, though, where he calls out the bullshit of pro wrestling, and he's like, we all know what's going to happen. Like, anytime there's a contract signing, he's like, we know what's going to happen. happen. Like, yeah, let's, let's just fight. fight. He's like, th- throws a table yeah. out of the way. He's like, you guys are fighting. This guy wants you guys, and J.D. McDonough just sat there just looking all fucking stoic and shit. It was. Man, I'm high, motherfucker. I ain't fighting nobody. It was out. <laughs> it, was, it was so good, but it was it was just KO. And not saying That's that great. those other guys ain't good. No, no. I think Braun Breaker is one of the guys that if the, if the unified title stays as a thing, I could totally see I'm Braun Breaker doing it. all three of those dudes, Dragunov, Braun Breaker, and J.D. McDonough, they'll have three completely different wrestling personas, and all three of them are good. All three of them are good. And so I'm looking forward to that match. So, that being said, this isn't what I wanted to do. Anyway, we got some predictions. Okay. Are you ready for predictions? Oh, yeah. Halloween Havoc. Sorry. Go ahead. Halloween Havoc. So we have Julius Creed. Versus Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp being the, the brother the guy, yeah. of Gable Stevenson. And Julius Creed being the better of the two Creeds, in my opinion. Okay, so... Mm, Kemp flipped on the Creeds. Kemp, so I'm going I'm to take, take, take Julius Creed to get the get back right he, here. He flipped on Diamond Mine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So, so you're taking Creed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will also take Creed. I cannot see Damon Kemp winning this match. Okay, so next up we have Roxy, is what she used to be called, but Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. 
Um, I'm going to assume that both women lost their, well, I know that Roxy lost to, or Roxanne Perez lost to Rhea Ripley, which is good. Rhea Ripley coming back is more of the bigger story than anything else. Um, I'm going to take the baby face here. I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez. Okay. I am not. I'm going with Cora Jade all day, every day. She gets the most time on screen. She, like, they obviously either way, love her. Either way, I think even a guy that doesn't watch NXT, I know of Roxanne Perez from uh, Ring of Honor. I know, you know, Cora Jade. I think... Either way, both are going to go up to the main roster and do well in the main roster. Ultimately, that's what it is. Not sure about that. Uh, really? Not sure about that. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. I'll go first. You've gone first the last two times. Okay. I'll go first here. There's no way Mandy Rose he- lives, loses here. This is my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. At least you made that motherfucker and you didn't change it. Uh, I would totally have to agree with you. Uh, Kaylee Ray is what I'm going to call her at this point is um, not unfortunately because if you took her to AEW, I don't think she could do much better. This is what she is right now in in the women's wrestling world. It's a damn shame. She should be a champion somewhere, someplace, sometime. But right now, I did watch Mandy Rose. I am impressed with Mandy Rose. I will openly say this on the podcast. I don't think I've ever said it before. Mandy Rose is way better than when she was beforehand. Way better. You know what MLK would say about that? What's that? That's a soft bigotry of low expectations. No. Mandy Rose is fine, but she's not good. She's way better than what she was. Way better. The soft bigotry of low expectations. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Fair All right. Enough. Uh, so, okay. So, there's five wrestlers in this one. All right. And you got to name them five through one. All right? <laughs> yes, the usual. Carmelo Hayes. Okay. Do you know who Aura Mensa is? I do not. All right. He's That's black. okay. He's black and he's foreign and he rules. Uh, Wesley. Yeah. He's black yeah, and he's American. I know, I know, I know man. And he Former rules. rascals. Okay, I got it. Von Wagner. Okay. He's white and American. <laughs> he and doesn't rule. Do you know who's you know whose dad is? I don't. Bobby Cannon. You did. Yeah, I should have known that. We did we did say it on the pod. Okay, who's the fifth? He gives me a soft spot for him because his dad was in <laughs> right in the censor. <laughs> uh, the he's going to win that shit, the right? The is Nathan Frazier. He's a white guy. I know who Nathan Frazier UK. is. Yeah. I about to say. Um, well, I don't know, man. No, give me, Do you know who Bull sm- Buchanan is? You know who Buff Bagwell is? Give me a smidge credit. Um, let's go with the guy I don't know as the least likely to win it. Um, who'd you say? I know everybody but one guy. Oro Mensa. Okay. Least likely to win it. This is for the the right to win the, the this is the number it's one. A, get, it's a ladder match, a five man ladder match. For the for, title? For the North up uh, Or it's for the number one spot. It's a challenge okay. for the North American title. Um North American champion is who? I mean, come on, man. You're supposed to. You watch this shit. You just got me high, dude. You know that you did? Yeah, because I, I do this all the time. Let's go with Von Wagner with four. Oh, I'm sorry, Nathan Fraser with four. Not involved with this shit. Not a big deal. Um, 
I'm going to go with the NXT North American champion as a baby face. So let's go. No, no, no. I'm, I, I, shit, I already got this. Nathan Frazier at four. So oh, oh, sorry. It's a vacant NXT North American championship. championship. That's what it is. It's okay. vacant. Because uh, Solo Sokoa. Go ahead to cough it up. That's All right. right. Okay. No, because there's no champion. No wonder I didn't know who the champion was. Okay, there so was you, no champion. You, you get a fucking pass. Thank you. you. Thank you. Miserable bastard. I'll Thank go Von Wagner with three. I'll go Wesley with two. And I'll go back to back champion because, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, Braun Breaker is the champ right now. Maybe Carmelo can be the champ at this later point. But right now, I'll go back-to-back champions. Carmelo Hayes wins said ladder match. All right. So just to back up, I'm gonna pee. you have Carmelo Hayes as your number one. Number one. Wesley, Wesley is two. your number two. Von, Von Wagner, Wagner at number three. three. Nathan Frazier at four. And Ora Mensa at five. Check and check. All right. So here I go. I'm going to go Nathan Frazier. With my number one pick, I'm saying that Nathan Frazier is going to win the North American Championship. Why? Uh, I don't really have a reason why, except I can't see a good reason for any of these other guys to win it. And I think that they like Nathan Frazier a lot. He just did that three-match series with Axiom, which is pretty fucking cool, actually. Uh, they had fun matches, and Nathan Frazier is kind of a stud. But to defend myself against that number one pick, I'm taking Carmelo Hayes, which is, should be in ch- should be chalk as my number two pick. I have Wesley at number three, the mo- the third most likely to win because Wesley is very <laughs> cool, and they give him a lot of TV, TV time. I'm taking Ora Mensa at number four, and I'm taking Von Wagner as the least likely to win the North, the vacant North American championship. And the reason I'm taking Von Wagner last is because I think he is just there doing the Kane big show part where he's yep. just there to catch dudes yep. because he's got four pretty athletic motherfuckers that are going to be flipping all over him and landing on him and shit too. So that's why I think he's the only reason to be there. I am taking Nathan, Fra- Nathan Frazier as my number one though. <laughs> No problem with that. Vikingo should come in and take some care of some business. <laughs> All right. We're done. Hey. All right. Cut it off. Wrap it up. Cut it off. <laughs> Press stop. <laughs> Press stop, motherfucker. Uh, we got two matches left. We got Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller in a spin the wheel. Make the deal. Make the deal match, which means that it could be any type of match at all. It's a sad thing. I don't even watch NXT, and I already know what to, what's going to happen. Well, I shouldn't say I know what's going to happen. It's going to be funny if I beat you in this. This is going to be absolute comedy if I beat you. All right, so go take your pick. No, obviously no stakes on this. Uh, it's got to be Grayson Waller. I mean, it, it makes no sense if it's not Grayson Waller. I mean, this is NXT. <laughs> I, took a, I wrote it down. I was like, I don't know what he thinks, but I'm going to just write down exactly what I feel, what my gut tells me. What would your gut tell you? Apollo Crews. Jesus Christ. This is going to be amazing. This is one of the, it's one of the weirdest <laughs> feuds that's ever happened because it's – I. 
listen, I think that both these guys are the shit. I've been a big proponent of Apollo Crews for a long, long time. Long time. I'm Just, like, they fucked him up with Vince underneath the helmet. They, 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 they tried too hard. They thought about They galaxy brained themselves into something. They gave him a Nigerian accent, which he was fine at. But it's like. That is Kofi not, was fine with a Jamaican accent, but they didn't make him a uh, world champion. I, they should treat Apollo Crews like he is the most superior athlete in the world. Duh. He kind of is. He kind of is. And he he's also pretty good on the mic. Like, just let the guy cook. Uh, you, but you got to get reps, though. Fair. You gotta totally get, fair. That's gotta get totally reps. fair. That's and, totally and, fair. And not reps with a Nigerian accent. Totally fair. Totally fair part two. Okay. Totally fair. I love, but I love Grayson Waller also. Like, I, I, I think, think he, I think he's legit. He's the real deal. Yeah. So I am enjoying this. This reminds me of my feud of the year a few years ago when I chose L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes, <laughs> and I remember Zach laughed at me. <laughs> it makes me feel good because I'm not the only one getting laughed at. He did laugh at you. It's, it's comedy. If you don't, he just laughed at me. Yeah. I mean, but this reminds me of that. This is a silly. Silly feud between two absolute studs that should be more famous than they are. I'm going to take Apollo Especially Cruz. Especially Apollo Cruz. You're taking Grayson I'm Waller. Taking, I'm taking I, Grayson Waller. I think Grayson Waller is the shit, too. Okay, so now we get the main event. So now we I don't go. even watch NXT, and I think Grayson Waller is going to be a really big deal in, in WWE That's overall. I talk about him all the time. You trust I know. Me. You trust I, me. I saw Grayson Waller before I stopped watching the shit. I all know right. what he is. So we got Braun Breaker versus Ilya Druganov versus J.D. McDonough. So lots of stuff to think about here. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll go first. So, Braun Breaker is basically unstoppable, and they've been treating him like the NXT Roman As well Reigns. he should. They've been treating him like the NXT Roman Reigns for a while. He is also a very young dude that hasn't been wrestling for very long, but he honestly seems to me like one of the most natural rookies you'll ever see. And maybe that's because he had an early feud with Ciampa, or maybe that's just because he watched his dad and his uncle for that long. The Steiner brothers. Something to be said about osmosis. But they, but he is the shit. And I don't think they should right. have him lose until they're ready to bring him up. And now is not the time to bring him up. I'm, the, the, the main rosters are stacked, right? I'm taking Braun yeah. Breaker to win. So now I have to have a backup. So... Now that I have to have a backup plan, is it J.D. McDonough or is it Ilya Druganov? Mm-hmm. My backup plan is it's never going to be Ilya Druganov because they will put him in chase mode with J.D. McDonough before they would have him go over Braun Breaker mm. or J.D. McDonough. So I'm taking Druganov with my last, and I'm putting J.D. McDonough, former Jordan Devlin, as my middle. I almost wish you had made me go first because that would have made this a little more intriguing. Now as you say that, it makes total sense. Um, what were I, you going to say? I really, uh, my knee-jerk reaction. See, that's why, you should, that's why we should all write them down before, before we go. Before you get here. I didn't know we were going to do this. Um, as, I know. I forgot... I, I forgot no, about the, I forgot about it too, though. Oh, like, good. I, I told you about halfway through the pod. I was like, oh, yeah. I saw you writing shit down. I'm like, what the fuck is he writing out? Um, I forgot about it. 
the only reason I would disagree is Braun Breaker is on my short list of guys that could beat Roman Reigns and you know, this is like third or fourth down the line that could come in zero percent chance. That could come in win the Royal Rumble. Zero. No, I, I want you to be able to find this in case I'm wrong. So you can just hear me saying zero percent chance at Braun Breaker. I get it. There's I not even a small it. there's not even a sliver. There's not even the way that uh that the boss in Goodfellas cut garlic in prison. <laughs> there's not even that much. <laughs> there's not even that much of a chance that Braun Breaker beats Roman Reigns. So in that note, Fine. I'm just going to copy and paste. I go exactly what you said. Braun uh, Breaker one, JD two, and uh, Dragon Off three. Is that what you were thinking though? No, hell no. <laughs> oh, you, come on! You fucked it up. You <laughs> fucked it. <laughs> you t- you should have let me go first, and then just made me look like an idiot. But now you say it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. He's like, Honestly, he's <laughs> like, he would cut the garlic so thin it would it would melt in the pan. Good fellas, one of my fucking top ten, and I don't even say greatest movies of all time, and like my there's, favorite movies. I mean, there's like, nothing. Everybody's better. like, you know, you know, what's your favorite? Okay, here's the question: What's your every, favorite movie of all time? Every scene in Goodfellas just fucking rips <laughs> as hard as anything could rip. Is every Goodfellas scene. number one? I don't know. You know, I saw Pulp Fiction. Four nights in a row at the Dollar Show in St. Charles when I was 15 years old. Perfect. Four nights in a row. Should have won the Academy that, Award. That, that might be an exaggeration. Should have been a should have won the Academy Award for Best Picture over Forrest Gump. Now that, take that to the that grave. That might be an exaggeration, but I know for sure it was three nights in a row, and there was a fourth one somewhere in the same week. Whatever. Like we just went three out of four. We went and saw it every single night. We we're like fuck. What the fuck was that? We couldn't believe it. So I haven't because you always miss shit the first time around. Well, yeah, and you're 15 and just watching mm. watching dudes blow dudes heads off and just talking shit to each other. That's all you want to see, right? So especially when you can't go to see that. But go other, ahead. The other I, so for the last like year, I've just been coming home and turning on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good movie. Watching it over and over and over again because to me, it's like the funniest coolest motherfucking movie that Tarantino's ever made. So over Pulp Fiction. The other night I was like, you know what? I haven't watched Pulp Fiction in ten years probably. I turn on Pulp Fiction, I smoke a bowl. I'm like Comedy. I'm like nothing beats this movie. Absolutely <laughs> come on down. Absolutely <laughs> nothing beats this movie. And maybe that's nostalgia a little bit, maybe. But, like, it's also, I was watching it, and there's, like, even if it's nostalgia, there's no way you can explain that my brain and my heart were feeling when I was watching this for, like, the first time in 10 years. And, like, I remembered every little beat, you know? Pulp Fiction. You think there's anything you think there's anything you can say that's going to make me forget that I love my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Pope fiction, dude. Fuck you, Jules. Okay. That motherfucker came down with Sorry, the- Jules. <laughs> he came down with the gym shit. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? Unbelievable. 
when they go to Tarantino's house after they blow Phil's head off, or Marvin, oh, I shot Marvin in the face. They go over there, and like they call the wolf, and they're like, "Oh man, this wolf, he knows how to take care of everything." And it's nine thirty in the morning, and the wolf comes over, and he's wearing it's a tuxedo. Like 10 minutes. No, no one knows where he's at, and he's like, "Okay, take the dead body, put it in the trunk." Put some blankets in the car and drive real slow. It's like, thanks, Wolf. It's like, how much? Like, how much are you retainer for from Marcellus Wallace? That all you do are you're like, eh, just be real careful, drive safe, hey, hey, put the body in the hey, trunk. Hey, hey. Like he has to write down when they call him. He's like, body in trunk, no head. It's like. Jules, <laughs> okay. But Who how am much I talking to? I mean, damn, man, you coming into some shit. But how much of a genius is the wolf if all he does hey. is tell him to drive slow and put blankets in the back hey. and take it to the dumpster? A fucking amazing Thanks, wolf. genius, man. Look, I would be good, goddamn, if I had a blown off head in the back of my car in the Chevy Cruze right now. What the fuck am I getting ready to do? How am I cleaning this shit up tomorrow? I gotta work a double tomorrow. <laughs> what the fuck? So pretty, I need the wolf. So pretty, please. With sugar on top. <laughs> Clean the fucking car. <laughs> the wolf, baby. I'm telling you. You say the wolf is coming? Negro, that's all you had to say. Yeah, I then, say that to this day. And then the wolf shows up. And he's like, hey, clean this shit up and drive slow. And they're like, oh, my God, what a fucking genius. That's no all shit. he says. No shit. This is bad for Sometimes you need a calm head around these parts. Hey, we got some birthdays this week. We got Chavo Guerrero, 52. Still stud, alive. Stud. Love him. <laughs> Canadian. Love him. I like to call him Kerwin White. <laughs> Jesus. You remember, when, remember when his character was the white golf yeah, caddy? Yeah. Not that long ago. It was like 2007. It was that long. Well, 2007 is a decade plus. I'm saying it. Th- that feels like it's from like 96, though. It's long Ker- enough. Kerwin White, a Mexican guy named Chavo Guerrero. Who, named, who changes his name to Kerwin White? <laughs> to be the and he's caddy. a golf caddy? Come on, dude. There you go. Love me some fucking wrestling right there. Scott Hall, RIP. 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 Uh, just one of the best. Razor Ramon. Would have been, mm. si- been 64 this week. Uh, Bushwacker, Bushwacker Butch. I'm not going to ask Jason because he's not going to say it. He's He no. would have been or is 78 this this week. Uh, I fuck with it. <laughs> Uh, give me your best D'Lo Brown, Brown impression. <laughs> this is real deal now. <laughs> my D'Lo Brown impression. Scott Lowe. No, watch, watch my D'Lo Brown. <laughs> Dude, such, <laughs> such a swagger. No, I know that he's still alive. He's fifty. Yes, uh, Tara Valkyrie. She's not the one that said the N word a whole bunch, is she? No, that is. Um, but Tara Tessa, Val- uh, Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard. Okay, but Tara Valkyrie is the same. She, she is married Impact, to right? uh, John Morrison and apparently might be coming back to WWE oh, in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's uh, thick She was bl- in NXT. Thick and blonde. Yeah, yeah she was, was in her, NXT. What was her name in NXT? She was good. Oh, I liked her. I did. I liked her. Yeah, and and it, it just. That's Tara Valkyrie. It, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the disrespect. Obviously, Tara de- Valkyrie. Definitely alive. Carmella, 35. Definitely alive. Uh, Perry Saturn. Now, I, I, I bet you could Canadian. Go, I, <laughs> I, bet Canadian. You, I bet you could go back to every single 
every single BFR episode where Perry draft Saturn. Where Perry Saturn's birthday comes up, and I always talk about Perry Saturn's dress, which was the Chris Jericho Perry Saturn feud, where Perry Saturn had to wear the dress and then just start liking wearing the dress. And just even, ran even, with it. Even after the feud. Beautiful stuff. Perry Saturn's still alive. And Chris Jericho. Happy birthday. Rosa Mendez is thir- 43. CM Punk is 44. And still ta- alive. Taco. Maybe. Taka Mishunoku. Not a whole lot of guys that have a move. He's a legend. Not a whole lot of guys that have a move named after him. Yes. He is 49. Oh, dude, you're kidding me right now. I don't I, I don't like to do it to you. I'm dead. Hey. For Joey O'Farrell, <laughs> for Tinder Mahal, for the From Dust Till Dawn event at Pops this See you weekend, on Saturday, October bitches. 22nd. For the dog Reva, for Murray the Murray Man, Murray for Patriot Pat, for check, the check, Backwards check, check, in Time check, podcast, for Lucha Chris, check. for my wife Erin, for my cat Millie, check, check. for my cat Xander, check. support local restaurants, support check. local weed dealers, check. Black Lives Matter, Double for Zach Pullman, for Jason Cleelius Bell, I am Joel Vegas, and never ever forget the boo that heals. Boo, B.